Some of the content of Patriots Unfiltered may not be suitable for all audiences. Listener discretion is advised. Live from joint practices with the Carolina Panthers, this is Patriots Unfiltered. All right, welcome in to Patriots Unfiltered live from training camp. We are here day, what is this, Paul? Day 12, 13, 14. 14. We're keep plowing up. through them here. Try to keep up. It is the last day of open practice for us here as the media, as the fans as well. Of course, presented by Optum today. We're excited to bring you the last day. I mean, guys, it's nice day out. I mean, it's overcast, kind of cool. Definitely a departure from what we've seen. This is an example of just no matter what happens. It's, it's everything is great in my, in my <laughs> It's like 62 degrees, overcast. Oh. Looks like it could start pouring any minute. Nice day here in Foxborough. <laughs> like, well, the, the kid has no bad no, mood. It's Paul, unbelievable. Paul, I'm thinking about the players. They got to put on the pads. It's, you know, you're not getting the sun. I just, I th- that's, that's where I'm coming from. That's my perspective. Of course, for us, we're, we're sheltered up here. We have all the days covering. Yeah, all the days are the same. <laughs> for us <laughs> all the days are the same they're starting to come together of course join paul perillo evan lazar we'll have tamara brown coming in alexander francisco as well so we're excited to bring you everything uh, that's going to happen yesterday was an eventful day we saw plenty of good football action a little bit extracurricular action that maybe we didn't want to see as much of but hopefully they got that stuff in line uh, but first guys i just want to start with a little bit of news from last night as we're you know waiting here no one's really coming out as you guys are seeing the fields are just getting ready a uh, couple moves last night by the patriots to get down to 85 roster spots uh, Jawan Williams and Malcolm Butler both ending up on IR which at this point in preseason if you end up on IR that is it you are donezo so unfortunately yeah. that is it for Malcolm Butler's comeback attempt after taking a year off uh, Jawan Williams was you know certainly in a battle for a roster spot and Evan you wrote a little something last night what uh, how do you think this is going to play out what's the impact that you're looking for down on the field today at, at the cornerback position I wasn't entirely sure that Malcolm Butler was going to make the 53-man roster, to be honest with you. I but would I, agree with that. I think that between him and Terrence Mitchell, one of those guys was probably going to get a spot and then maybe contribute this year for the Patriots in the secondary. So now that kind of shoes Terrence Mitchell in, right? He's sort of the veteran guy along with Jalen Mills in that secondary and Jonathan Jones. I think what we've seen over the last couple of days, though, and, and really since the beginning of last week, was Jonathan Jones on the outside with Jalen Mills and Miles Bryan and uh, Marcus Jones, the rookie from Houston, rotating in the slot. And I think that that's what we're going to continue to see out here today and and moving forward. But I'm not sure if Malcolm Butler would have made the team. I think there were moments where it looked like he was starting to get back to form to what he was in 2020. But I, I still think that this isn't a major blow to the Patriots in terms of a core contributor for them this season, more of a guy that was a depth piece. Yeah, I, I think it chips away at the depth a little bit. I agree 1,000% with uh, Evan's summation of, of the entire situation. I think both of those guys, Jawan Williams and Malcolm Butler, uh, were probably on the bubble. It looked like Terrence Mitchell had a leg up on uh, you know, those two uh, in terms of being able to stick around. And I think it, uh, you, know, you have a couple of young guys. You mentioned Marcus Jones in the slot. Jack Jones isn't going anywhere, obviously, as a, as a rookie. And, uh, you know, I, I think that they, they like some of those, the, the promise that some of those young guys, I think we've seen a lot of Miles Bryant in this camp. I think they like what he does. Um, and, you know, and Evan mentioned uh, them working Jonathan Jones on the outside. So that's something that we'll continue to monitor today in day two of the work with the Panthers. But he was a boundary corner all day yesterday. Um, it's been about a week now that we've seen that. So I, I think that's more than just sort of an experiment at this point. Uh, I think that they're sort of figuring out what their depth is back there, and they had a couple of veterans. I think it does 
potentially chip away at your depth, but I don't think it's you know, one of those oh, overly pressing losses that you're going to say, well, you know, they really could use Juwan Williams and Malcolm Butler, say, in week <laughs> nine. Yeah, I do feel bad for Malcolm. I mean, taking a year off, and, and as Evan yeah. said, I mean, it was a little tough to read on how he was coming back, but, but maybe a guy like Sean Wade gets a little bit more opportunity, certainly in the games. Those guys are going to be playing a little bit more. Devin Hafford, uh, an undrafted free agent that the team had originally signed and had released and now have brought back, so they're rounding out their depth a little bit, so we're here waiting uh, for everybody to start rolling out. It seems like we're going to get another uh, little bit of a rolling start, but we'd love to hear from you guys. Send us an email, webradio at patriots.com. Definitely an opportunity, call. though, for Sean Wade. Yeah. You're right about that. And, you know, he showed up a little bit yesterday. He was around the ball a little bit, uh, made a couple of plays, one with the, the mitts on, and then all of a sudden the mitts came off, <laughs> um, which I thought was weird. Like, in the, you like know, he had to break from, free. Like, make a play, yeah. you'll get it's out like, of the mitts. He was like, yeah, it was like Andy Dufresne and Shawshank. You know, <laughs> I, I have these mitts off. I can pick off a pass now. Um, so it, it was. It, it is an opportunity for him, and I, I would put him in that same category of a bubble player. And now you lose a couple of veterans, I think his chances are, are greatly enhanced to stick around. Yeah, I would love to see him, you know, make some plays, take advantage of this opportunity. You feel like the, over today – Thursday night's game, he's, he's really got an opportunity to, uh, to step up and, and maybe you know, continue to build on what he saw. I, I feel like I haven't gotten a great sense on him yet. I know, you know some people are, are, have been focusing on him a little bit more, but uh, certainly with the, the loss of depth, a little bit of, of opportunity for him. And, uh, and one other move, uh, you know, backup punter Jake Julian was, was also released. So that, that gets the Patriots down to 85. Uh, they're going to have to get down to 80 next week. So the cuts are happening uh, Fast and furious here as they aim to get down to, to 53. Uh, a little bit of a recap from yesterday, though. Um, you know, general takeaways, it felt like everybody, defense, dominant, as, 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 uh, as Dietrich Wise, I believe, said, felt they were dominant. Uh, offense, you know, maybe some, some strides in the passing game. Second day in a row, it felt like, you know, just looked comfortable, maybe in rhythm. It's, it's you know, hard to say, oh, this is, you know, an explosive, oh, they're throwing it all over the field. But it just felt, Evan, like they were able to get some of their core concepts in and, and they look comfortable doing it and that is something that's a big change from maybe the first week when we saw them you know, just kind of struggling to string plays together and really find any consistency maybe it's an indication of where they started that that we're now up here with them right where we say uh, you know one day where they looked like the passing game down the field was a little bit more in rhythm is this great thing I, i'm not going to sell it like it was the 2000, uh, 2007 patriots out here <laughs> yesterday but what we did see i thought early on in practice in particular was the play action passing game starting to take hold and i think when you get into some of these training camp uh, practices against your own defense and your own team and you're repping week after week practice after practice the same things against your own defense Defensive players are smart. They start to pick up on what you're doing. They start to read the keys a little bit faster. And some of those misdirection or play action fakes and things like that don't sell as hard. When they got in here with Carolina yesterday, very first 11-on-11 period, they ran three straight play action concepts, and there was open guys off of all three of those plays. So the Panthers weren't as prepared, obviously, for what they were throwing at them as what their own defense had been over the last couple weeks. So I, I was just generally excited I guess or happy that that was the case you know that they had some instances where there were open targets not just like you know Devontae Parker catching a contested catch down the sideline but legitimately open receivers down the field and I we haven't seen a ton of that I wouldn't say in camp with the starting offense so far yeah that yeah, was for nice me it was yeah. I was with Dietrich twice uh you know he said he felt felt like they dominated from start to finish I agree yeah. I, I thought the Patriots defense really dictated everything that happened on on the field to our right 
yesterday. I thought they were in control. I think Evan made the comment when he came on with us about how the defensive line in particular really owned the Panthers' offensive line. And, you know, some of that involved, you know, some, you know, highly touted rookies. You know, uh, 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 is it a Quanu? Um, yeah. Was top ten pick, and I thought Dietrich Wise really uh, destroyed him uh, at times. I thought he had two or three times where he just had really, like, immediate pressure uh, to blow up a potential play. Um, you know, obviously we don't keep track of the stats and, and, and whatnot, but it seemed like half of the pass plays the Panthers were attempting yesterday either would have been affected or stopped completely by the pass rush. And, you know, that, you know it, it's, it's live up front. You know, you might say, mm -hmm. well, they're not tackling, they're not doing this, hard to evaluate the running game, things like that. But if you're getting in on, on, pass, on a pass rush and you're not tackling the quarterback, you're still there. And, yeah, and we saw that throughout the day yesterday. That was a good sign for the Patriots' defense. I yeah. thought. Yeah, the only uh, the only takeaway I, I had, uh, you know, maybe slightly negative was, you know, yesterday I wanted to see some some strides from the running game, and you know, aside from maybe one run, it just didn't seem like they were really opening up holes. Um, we saw a little bit of the wide zone that we saw earlier in camp, but that's one thing I think that they they still might have a little bit of a ways to go. Would love to see it today. Just you know, some consistency in the in the running game. Uh, what did you think of the running game yesterday, Ev? It's tough to evaluate the running game to me in practice sometimes, and I actually asked Damian Harris about this after practice, and I said, there's no tackling to the ground. There, some of these blocks, they don't want to truly finish it, right? They're not going to put anybody into the ground in practice or anything like that. So us, from our vantage point, kind of understanding, is there actually holes here? Or what's going on? Is there creases? Is, is there space for the running backs? can be a little bit tricky. And uh, he said it was a work in progress. So I think he feels like maybe it's not always uh, the cleanest picture for him either. So I, I would agree with you that there haven't been a ton of huge holes. I think the biggest hole that they opened up, they actually called it back for holding early on in practice yesterday. So you'd like to see that. You'd like to see a little bit more space for the running game in general. But maybe some of that, I, I think it could be that, well, Damien Harris, you know, bursts through the line, breaks the tackle, all of a sudden, you know, a gain out here that looks like it's three yards might turn into eight yards really quickly. Yeah, one guy that, you know, continues to stand out for me, I wrote a little bit about him yesterday, is just Ty Montgomery, um, which, which was funny, Evan, because you, uh, you know, I wrote about him, and then you retweeted it, and then all of a sudden, all the fantasy guys came, came calling. <laughs> That's like, what the they fantasy do. guys, they, they saw this Ty Montgomery thing, and, you know, it was a, a smattering of, of insults, and, you know, all, all that kind of stuff, but... I mean, look, he's looked good out you there. Know, you can't be a good player if you don't have high fantasy <laughs> right, value. Right. You know that, right? right. I, I tapped a whole new section of Twitter yesterday. I was not expecting to uh, with my Ty Montgomery piece. But, uh, you know, depending on how you feel about fantasy and, you know, PPR and all that, I mean, I just, I just think he's going to be involved. It seems like it's Damian Harris, Ramondre Stevenson, and him. And it, at this point would at least appear that Pierre Strong, Kevin Harris, uh, to some extent J.J. Taylor are kind of in that second group. Yeah, um, I would agree. You know, that, it, I'm not really expecting much out of those rookies yet. I think they'll get plenty of time on these next two games. But I think Ty Montgomery's going to – I don't want to say he's going to be James White because there's no replacing James White. But at the same time, I think he's got – a lot of different things that he can do and a lot of things that they can play with. Bill Belichick talked a little bit about that yesterday. I just think his ability to run routes like a wide receiver because he has a background as, as a receiver, I think that uh, offers a little bit of a different dimension. And I think a little less, and we talked about this on the show a lot, a little less predictability when he's in the game because I, I, I do think he, as much as I love James White, I think for the most part it was going to be you know a, a pass play, a screen you know, maybe an occasional draw for him. 
but you weren't going to line up traditionally and, and, and run the ball consistently with James White. I think you can do that a little bit with, with Montgomery. Yeah. I think he's more effective as a receiver than, than a, a flat-out runner, but I do think that there's uh, some more versatility there to what they can do play calling from a play calling perspective with, with Montgomery, and there's no doubt he's going to be a part of this offense. We've seen every day virtually he's been uh, heavily involved. Yeah, and having some experience too, some other systems, I think it gives them, uh, you know, just a little bit of comfort running those wide zones, picking, you know, picking the hole, knowing where to go. I think some of his best runs this summer have just been him getting the edge and, you know, turning it up and, and showing. I, I don't, I'm not familiar with his full body of work as, as an NFL veteran, but as far as what it's been in camp, I think he's been he's been pretty effective, and especially a position that they they need a guy that can catch the ball out of the backfield. As uh, we're seeing some of the Panthers starting to make their way, and Jeremiah Farms, Paul. Two days in a row, the number one guy on the field. What, I don't what do you, know what what you're do you think about, about that? I'm not allowed to talk about that. <laughs> uh, we're having some fun here. The, the final day of camp. Maybe we're getting a little bit uh, a little bit delirious, perhaps, as uh, as we get going. But we are expecting things to get going pretty quick this morning. There is no Bill Belichick press conference. Uh, they're supposed to just roll right into things. And uh, guys, I, I mentioned James White. Uh, briefly there. Yeah, and you had a chance to be at that I ceremony I did have a chance. I had a chance to be at uh, James White's retirement ceremony last night. Uh, I was here at Gillette Stadium. Robert Kraft spoke. Uh, Bill Belichick spoke. James got up and, uh, you know, it was an emotional moment. And, you know, I think he, he thought maybe he'd be able to squeeze a couple more years out. Um, but he just said, you know, my hip, about a couple of weeks before camp, he realized, you know, it's kind of plateaued. I'm not really feeling better. It's kind of stuck where it's at. And, you know, could I play? Maybe. But I don't want to put the team in that position. So, you know, James White, I think, went out the way he kind of lived. It was, you know, with total class. And, you know, you could just see everybody, all the teammates and, and coaches coming into the, into the lounge upstairs, showing their support for James White. Um, I just felt bad for his wife because his daughter was like running around screaming the whole time and his poor <laughs> wife was just chasing him all around the back of the thing and he's, you know, going through the speech thanking his wife for all the support and, you know, meanwhile she's in the back, uh, you know, trying to calm a kid. But um, but it was a real nice night and, and, of course, Paul, I know you, you think as highly of James White as, uh, as anybody. Yeah, he's, he's one of my favorites. I would say he's uh, in a top ten of the guys that I've come across in the 24 years that I've been doing this stuff he's just always uh always accessible always uh cordial uh never combative and and, and i'm not saying that because like well he makes our job easier because I, I understand it's not about us and it's not about us you know uh, our jobs being made easier <laughs> but just professional uh from the moment he got here um a quiet leader i think uh as respected in the locker room as any of those guys and you listen to the veterans like McCourty and Slater over the years uh, talk about him and the way they, they talked about him. And I just think if, if, if you needed any evidence, their reaction in that game after the tragedy involving his, his parents um, and that Sunday night game against Seattle when he couldn't play, um, you know, I think McCourty had to pick six and, you know, had, had a message for him in the camera. That was the kind of respect that James White, uh, you know, earned, you know, with, uh, among his peers um, not a vocal, boastful kind of guy, Ev, but, no. but uh, just a, a quiet leader and, and one of the more respected, reliable, just reliable players this team has had. Always laughing, too, always having a good time, even though he wasn't uh, 
a big talker. Whenever he was with us at, at the podium, he was always a really uh, nice and, and cordial guy. And I, I thought it was interesting, just from a football perspective, Bill Belichick talking about his combine and how yeah. he really didn't test very well, didn't didn't have some ridiculous three-cone time or anything like that, but they had seen on tape that he had that kind of quickness and he had those types of skills. And I'm not it's obviously a testament to the scouting department that they were able to find a guy like James White, but it also does go to show that the the testing numbers aren't necessarily everything when right. you turn on the tape with a guy and see that he's got a good football savvy and he's got that ability to get in and out of cuts and in and out of breaks. So those are the types of things that, that stand out when you watch the tape versus just watching the combine and looking at three-cone times and things like that. And I also thought Belichick before practice yesterday gave a little tutorial on uh, blitz pickup and pass protection rules and things like that for running backs and you really start to get into how intricate it can really be uh, sort of the way that he they fit into the pattern and the way they fit into things can be uh, pretty detailed uh, from the backfield and I think a guy like Ty Montgomery has such a leg up yeah. just because of being a veteran him playing in New Orleans which does have some crossover with Sean Payton's playbook uh, to what they do with the Patriots with their running backs and Green Bay and his biggest season in the NFL was as that pass catching a wide receiver slash running back do it all type of player I, I agree with Paul that his versatility to flex out and line up as a wide receiver and out of the backfield brings a different element we obviously saw James do that a ton but it wasn't as wide receiver like when he would run routes on the outside where I think my Montgomery yeah. can run a wide receiver route tree. He might not be as quick at the top of the route as James White was, but he's got a little bit more of a natural wide receiver look to him, which I think can offer up some really intriguing matchup problems. And we've seen the Patriots in the past. They'll send wide receivers, uh, running backs out wide. They'll send tight ends out wide, fullbacks out wide. And it dictates the way that the coverage can play them either a linebacker has to go out there or a safety has to go out there or they leave the corner out there on them and that tells you it's zone coverage right there's different ways you can manipulate uh, the coverage by moving guys like that around so I do think Ty Montgomery gives them that angle but no one's James White at the top of the route he was definitely somebody that just was devastating for linebackers underneath the defense trying to cover him on those option routes out of the backfield. Yeah, you know, the thing interesting to me was talking about how tough 2014 was, was for him as, as that redshirt year. And I know yeah. people bring that up a lot as, oh, that's just what the Patriots do. You mentioned pass protection as something that rookies need to learn. Uh, but I think James kind of shed some light on, you know, it's, it's not easy to go from, you know, as he said, being a key player in college to, you know, you're on a Super Bowl team. You feel like a bit player. Shane Vereen was there, caught a number of passes in the Super Bowl. Uh, you know, and then, and then really you look at that second year with White and, he was extensively targeted in that playoff game in Denver, and I know it was you know, frustrating game for a lot of people, but all, all seemed to kind of turn around then that next season and, of course, culminated with his performance in, in the Super Bowl. So uh, speaking of, of Super Bowls, there's, uh, there's Jalen Mills, someone we saw on the other side of the, of the field on that Super Bowl uh, in 2017, uh, but he's having an awesome camp. I mean, I, I think that's kind of a universal thing. You're hearing guys talk about him wanting to take the next step. Uh, he was real active yesterday, seemed to be playing with confidence. Um, it's a huge key for the Patriots. I mean, you lose J.C. Jackson. I don't think anyone was really expecting Jalen Mills to, to, to step up and take a new step as a veteran. And, you know, we'll see once we get to the vet in, into the regular season how much of a real step that is. But so far in camp, Jalen Mills has been, you know, one of their best players on a defense that's obviously playing great throughout camp. Uh, I, I think anybody's top five list he would have to be on, yeah. you know, for, for the entirety of camp. You know, for whatever that's worth. Yesterday, he was uh, one of the best players on defense 
um, I, I would say probably the best, you know, considering, you know, it's DJ Moore, uh, you know, occasionally it's, it's Robbie Anderson. I mean, they're not, you know, they're not stiffs as wide no. receivers. DJ Moore is, is a really gifted receiver, and I thought, you know, it really showed up late when they were doing some of the, the two-minute and I had talked about how the Patriots are probably a little disappointed they weren't able to execute a little better in their two-minute. Well, the Panthers couldn't execute in theirs largely because of Jalen Mills. You know, he knocked away a couple of passes in the end zone at the end of that, that uh, session, and then they ultimately ended up with a deflection on the last play um, for, for an interception by Sean Wade. But I really thought Jalen Mills was, was outstanding yesterday. Yeah, no offense to the Patriots wide receivers, but D.J. Moore is the best receiver he's <laughs> faced so far in training camp. So to see him go out there, and go toe-to-toe with DJ Moore and Robbie Anderson, too, which you, I think you spend about equal time on both of those guys. Yeah, it seemed like it, late in practice it was more DJ Moore in that two-minute drill. But I think what you saw from Jalen Mills is, and what he spoke about last year, too, is that the Patriots have a nice uh, scheme for cornerbacks where they really simplify things, and you play to your leverage, you play man coverage, and it's really just a much more streamlined way of doing things so it's not overly complex and what they do in this back end believe it or not and they're able to keep guys in their comfort zone so even a guy like Jalen Mills who's not necessarily a player that people look at as a Stephon Gilmore in his prime or Darrell Revis or someone like that the way that they are able to coach it and this is why they've had such great success at that position with guys you know like Malcolm Butler or like JC Jackson is is because they're able to really keep those guys in a position to succeed and it seems like they're doing the same thing so far at least this camp we'll see when they get into game planning and into the regular season but so far it seems like Jalen Mills is in a in a groove with what they're asking him to do and I think a, bar, a lot of it is that they don't put too much on those guys plates even though the players lined up across from them are talented uh, they're able to help them they're able to uh, allow them to leverage things against the safeties and, and make it a little bit easier on them well of course it's uh you know DJ Moore is very good but I think he's only the tip of the iceberg this year and it'll start next week when we head out to Vegas uh, and get a little glimpse of Devontae Adams Hunter Renfro, I mean, that receiving core, I think that's, a, that's an even tougher task, so we'll see how he does there uh, as we're seeing some of the Patriots uh, really starting to trickle in here. A few more of the Panthers over there. Uh, then we got Josh Bledsoe, another guy who, uh, you know, has been involved a lot. Curious how he's going to stick now that it seems like Jabril Peppers is becoming a little bit more involved, as we saw yesterday. Uh, Nate Wheeland, I mean, these guys are you know, really trying to make an impression here the next couple of weeks. This is their, their time to shine and at least earn a practice squad position perhaps. But, you know, Nate Whelan, I mean, not to, not to, you know, not that we need to go into a whole discussion of him, but I just feel like he's made some plays. He looked kind of fast out there at times. Exactly. So it's like, you know, he kind of gets, uh, gets in the mix. Yeah, so you come in late, you know, after camp starts. Obviously, you are facing extremely long odds to, to stick around. But he's been, he's been active. I've noticed him. Yeah. I, you know, I don't want to be dis- I don't want to disparage other guys, but I've noticed him more than I've noticed some other guys that have been on the team for a year or two. Yeah, I think his play speed, his ability to to get into some space too, maybe will translate to the kicking game as well. And as a player, that's going to make the team as what the fourth or the fifth linebacker maybe on the depth chart. He's definitely going to have to contribute on special teams to have any chance of having a role on game day. So maybe he is a player that can be an- another one of those special teams guys. And I know that feels like they have a lot of those guys sometimes but when you start to look at Matthew Slater and Justin Bethel and Cody Davis three guys that are getting up there in age and you sort of have to start looking for that next 
generation, if you will, of special teams aces. And maybe a guy like Whelan, maybe a guy like even Bledsoe, I think, can play in the kicking game as well, can contribute in that. But I wonder with Bledsoe if he's one of those guys that look great the first week or so of camp and then all of a sudden Jabril Peppers starts to come on and, and some things happen yeah, and then by right, the end of yeah. camp we're not even yeah. talking about him on the roster anymore. Yeah, but, I, I don't mean that he's done anything wrong, but it no, just yeah, seems right. like he's that kind of player. Yeah, and then you retroactively go back and you say, oh, he was out there so much because there were other guys missing and you right. know, he's still... Yeah, and I, and I do think that Bledsoe is still probably you know, projected as a special teams guy. Um, with the depth and the veterans that they have at, at that position... He's looking at being fifth, probably. Yeah. yeah so he's, you know, if he's going to carve out a role, it'll most likely be in the kicking game. But uh, I thought Evan said it right. Like it's not like he did anything wrong. When yeah. he's been given opportunities, he's generally been in the right spot. And there's Mr. Mac Jones trotting out for another day. A joints, nice day for Mac yesterday. Hit some passes downfield. Devontae Parker becoming a, you know, a, a target. It seems like he's got some trust in him. Jacoby Myers continues to. Just catch everything kind of thrown his way. Quiet maybe first couple days before pads, but I, I think Parker, Jacoby's been really consistent. I thought Parker had one of the lines of camp when he was talking about that. He was kind of led to it, but, <laughs> yeah. but he said, you know, the 50-50 balls, you know, his mentality, those are more like 80-20 balls for him. <laughs> it's, it's, I mean, it seemed like it in camp here. Some of, the, some of the throws, I mean, I guess we're, you know, a little spoiled not, not really having a guy that, that really is good at those lately, and he certainly is good and, and has come down with his fair share. And, uh, yeah, so, guys, I, 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 I'm not sure exactly what's going to be different about today, but, I mean, I'd, I'd like to see just a little more of the same. You know, that's uh, it's just so much to look at. It's hard to take in. You wish you could kind of go back and watch each kind of section individually. Um, but we don't get the film up here. We, don't get to, we, we only get to see what we see. And, uh, and just so we know, we don't want the film <laughs> <up>. <laughs> We don't want to break down the practice film. But I'll leave that uh, to you guys. <laughs> but, it was, uh, but it's tough. There's, it's hard to know where to look. And, you know, you're intrigued by just getting a chance to see some of these these Panther stars. I mean, other NFL players, you, no offense to the Patriots, but we watch them every day. We get used to watching these guys. We kind of know what they have. And then, you know, I saw some clips yesterday online of Christian McCaffrey in some of these drills. Yeah, and, I mean, he's just electric. I would say he passed the eyeball test. You know, Whew. we have a thing, you know, Ev, we, we always talk about, like, every once in a while, like, you hear about guys, and you don't get a chance to see these players like this, yeah, like right. this close on the field. And then sometimes you seem like, wow, you know, he's not quite as – whatever as you expected he was every bit as whatever you expected i mean just he just floats. really really he fluid floats. fluid smooth yeah. athlete yeah it's funny you say that because i was on the phone with my my dad yesterday and he's like how's practice i was like that christian mccaffrey <laughs> is incredible yeah. right i mean just the way that he he runs he's so incredibly efficient yeah. with the way that he moves and it's like he's gliding it's almost yeah, yeah. exactly it's, it doesn't look like he's running that fast but he's running by everybody so it, you can tell that he is moving and he's just a specimen i mean i, I don't want to get dead too all you know right. crazy yeah, about all it right, but all right all right settle down settle down you guys, <laughs> guys want a room fantastic <laughs> i mean that just to me i honestly uh, you look across the league i all respect in the world for derrick henry i i think McCaffrey when healthy is the best back in the league oh you missed it when uh, we saw Derrick Henry in person oh. with, with Deuce yeah I, I, talk, yeah, talk I was I was down there for that one too and he, he looked like a wanting a room yeah. <laughs> but McCaffrey's ability I mean we saw it yesterday in the two-minute drill uh, he beat uh, I think it was Juwan Bentley on like a corner route from out of the backfield yeah Derrick Henry is a great player but Derrick Henry does not bring that element no yeah. from the for his game yeah, totally I, different kind of play yeah maybe Alvin Kamara is in that category I think as well yeah, but sure. his ability I mean he's 
legitimately a guy that can go for a thousand and a thousand in a season. I remember uh, having a conversation with Gerard Mayo about Kamara coming out of college, and this is before Mayo came back as a coach. He was still working in the media at that time, and he just couldn't. You know, he's a Tennessee guy. You know, Mayo yeah. you know, from Tennessee. He just couldn't understand why no one was given a, a stronger look to Kamara. And I, you know, <laughs> I, I, I like to watch college football not necessarily as a scout. I like to watch college football. Yeah. And then there's guys randomly that stick in my head from games that I watch. And obviously you watch a lot of SEC games. Um, you know, and guys stick out to me. Not, I, don't, I, don't, I don't pretend to be Bill Belichick trying to say, oh, that guy has a skill set that I know translates to the NFL. I just watch guys and say, that guy can play. And Kamara was one of those guys. I couldn't understand why no one was on him uh, in that draft process. And certainly he's, he's proven that to be the case. Yeah. Oh, Mayo was oh. so complimentary of him. I forget who the coach was at Tennessee at the time, but the, the book on Kamara was that he was extremely underutilized at Tennessee in that backfield. And he was. He didn't have a ton of touches in college, so there wasn't a ton of tape of him in general. But obviously the tape that was out there was was fantastic. And much different than McCaffrey, who was, could have won the Heisman Trophy at, at Stanford and was excellent in college. So that, with McCaffrey, there was, there was some concern about his athleticism and his ability in space to really translate that to the next level. But obviously, that, that has not been an issue. Yeah, we saw a little glimpse there of uh, Patriots great Dan Copen, former center, uh, three-time Super Bowl champ. Yeah, and uh, Teddy Bruschi down there again. So it uh, you know, continues to be a revolving door of uh, Patriots alumni. Yeah, I, mi I missed practice. a couple of those yesterday. I did not see Ninkovich. I didn't mention him in my uh, oh. my uh, rundown. He was out here yesterday, evidently, and according to uh, my buddy Mike Reese. Yeah, there's uh, there's Brewski and uh, his son, Captain Afian, this year as well. Yeah. Ah, and then as well as I'm being informed, Mike Mayock is yeah, back we, again. We talked about Mayock yesterday yeah. and, uh, you know, when Fred, you know, dismissed him because, you know, Where's he? Who's he work for? Uh, I, I don't know, Fred. He's just here watching. I think my favorite thing about these former offensive linemen like Sebastian Vollmer is when they get their, like, real guy body outside of football. They stop, you it's know, crazy. doing all the heavy lifting. And, I mean, Sebastian Vollmer, you, you probably wouldn't even recognize him. I mean, you, you probably, Paul, got more up close, you know, with him as a player when he was, you know, 6'7", 320. Yeah. I mean, how big? I mean, now he looks like... I mean, in shape, I mean, probably not a, a, I think an ounce he, of fat on He was always kind of uh, more of a lean tackle than, mm -hmm. than what you would probably expect. But, yeah, now he looks like he's in really good shape in terms of that. Coping similarly, it's just uh, you walk around these guys, you just feel like it's a different – they're just on a different level in terms of size. But then once they get out, it seems a little bit, little bit closer to normal. And, uh, yeah, so we got the refs out here. We're starting to break up a little bit as the team's getting ready to, to stretch. Bill Belichick having a conversation with Matt Patricia out there, swinging his whistle as he is wont to do. That's a favorite, uh, Bill Belichick. And Nelson Aguilar, who also uh, there uh, had, had a pretty strong camp as well. So plenty of emails. We'll get to those uh, in a minute. Would love to hear from you guys, though. Please give us, uh, give us a call uh, at 855-PATS-500 and give us a call. Let us know what, what you want us to be on the lookout for. Uh, web radio at patriots.com send us an email let us know if you're here looks guys uh, not quite as packed as it was yesterday but certainly a, a good show out here for the last training camp practice maybe the weather paul sorry to bring that up again uh well, maybe it's a affecting beautiful day it. <laughs> i mean I, I don't know why that would the beaches are open you know as you know gillette I, means friendship correct alex is somewhere saying well, i don't even know what they're talking about <laughs> as kendrick Bourne is back uh, in practice after uh, yesterday, a little scuffle. Got, got, got in there, got in the midst pretty quick, but uh, hopefully they put that stuff behind them. And there's Big Mike, who, uh, you know, and when you 
his rookie year, I just remember being here, fortunately during COVID, which was bizarre. So there was no, no fans or anything, but just taking note of him immediately. Big Mike walking out. I mean, he's, uh, it seems like after some questions, maybe some rotation early in camp at that right guard spot, it seems kind of like on when you is settled in. They're not really playing with him too much anymore. Yeah, during one-on-ones, I, I would say other than maybe Trent Brown, Mike Onwen, who's been the most consistent lineman that they've had in those types of drills, he does not get beat very often in a one-on-one situation. And I, I think that that's something that you have to take into account maybe even a little bit more at times in the run-blocking scheme fit type of stuff because eventually you're going to have to execute a drop back passing game and you want the best pass protectors in there and he's cleanly up there with Trent uh, as one of the best pass protectors that they have so it's pretty impressive to watch him and how he's able to move you know on his edges and and get his feet moving side to side in some of these uh, pass rush drills that they do where it's it's one-on-one and and the defensive lineman or edge defender they're just pinning their ears back right there's no there's no threat of a run there's no fake there's no nothing it's just straight up the field and he's able to really wall a lot of these guys off now I'm noticing here, Mac uh, looks like he's got like a, a sleeve on today on his right arm. I'm not sure, not sure if that's, uh, you know, for some soreness or something. But always, we're always well aware of any contraption or sleeve or boots or any anything that changes. And, and of course, the starting quarterback. But uh, but he had a nice day yesterday. And uh, Bailey Zappi, maybe maybe he'll get some action today. Didn't really see much of, much of Zappi. I mean, I guess that's what the preseason games for, right? And no. Then, yeah. And, and and it was like again that just uh, magnifies that opportunity that he got early in camp. Um, which I hammered home in the broadcast the other night. <laughs> you did. Uh, but just, you know, how many times does a rookie get an opportunity to get as many reps as he did uh, during that stretch where Brian Hoyer was off the practice field? So now, you know, you're seeing how rare it is because Hoyer's been back and you've seen very little of Zappi. Well, it looks like the Patriots are working on some, some kickoff return, a little walkthrough. Panthers are doing some walkthrough offense on one end and looks like defense on the other end, so... This is usually what you get, a little bit of a walkthrough before things get going, and then they'll head into the stretch. So let's, uh, let's jump over to the emails here for a minute and uh, see what the, what the fans are wondering. Uh, Connor Barr writes in, pretty simple question. Uh, do you guys think Tyquan Thornton will be a, a starter this year? Well, I mean, I don't know, like, starter. Like, he's, does that mean he has to be on the field on the first play? <laughs> I know. Uh, do I, do I feel like he'll, I think he'll be part of the offense. I, I don't know how to label him starter number three. I, like, yeah. I think he'll have a chance to, to be a contributing player on offense. I think he's done, I think he's done enough in camp to earn that, to earn an opportunity. It sure seems like he changes the offense with, with his speed. I mean, it's just, it's, it stands out. Uh, there's another one from uh, Marco. He writes in and he says, uh, question do you see the Patriots in the mix for Roquan Smith in a trade or what are you willing to give Myers in a first round pick be enough and uh, he's a big fan especially of Paul so there you go Paul one of your, I love, your people I love Roquan Smith <laughs> I do I, I think he's a terrific player I don't think the Patriots would give up a first round pick um, and, and, a, and Jacoby Myers for him um, that would probably get it done. The first round pick would probably get it done, right? Well, the issue is, is that you also have to pay him. Oh, I have no problem with that. So you have, you have to give him a new contract and you're giving up the capital. The way that they've treated the linebacker position in recent years tells you that they're just not going to invest a ton at that position. And I don't necessarily blame them for it, just the way that the league is being played now and with all the passing and things like that, that that true middle linebacker might not have the same value in, in today's NFL that it had maybe 20 years ago. So I, I don't see them paying Roquan Smith a top market deal and giving up a first-round pick to get him, and I'm not so sure I'm too interested in it either. 
Well, we got another one here from Dylan, um, and he's wondering, uh, do you guys know if Mac has been named a captain yet or when that might happen? I think captains come probably next week or two, end right? Of, toward the end of preseason. So we got another couple of weeks. Um, but um, I would be absolutely stunned if he's not. And I was stunned last year that he wasn't. So who knows? Evan, this might be one for you, and it's a good question because it's something I, I don't really feel like I've gotten a good look at him in camp. Uh, Dwight French writes in, uh, just wondering where you see the Canadian, Drew Desjardins, fitting in. Is he a practice squad player, do you think, or does he have a chance at the 53? We mentioned a little bit right guard there, playing with it a little bit, and it seemed like he was you know, getting some B-level reps. But you know, what have you seen out of him in, in one-on-ones? Anything that impressed you? I would say practice squad. Uh, I don't really see him making the 53-man roster is the way things stand right now. He's had some issues in one-on-ones. You see maybe the, the play speed or the explosiveness of some of these guys give him some problems. I, I don't necessarily think that he's been awful by any means, but I, I just don't think that he's going to be a guy that's going to make the 53. Uh, a good one from Marcus, and I think, you know, we talked a lot about Trey Flowers, and he said, you know, are there any free agents out there you might consider the Patriots signing before the regular season? Um, I, I mean, these are tough questions because there's just, I mean, there's literally hundreds and hundreds of guys out there that you could, you know, potentially consider, but I know Trey Flowers was a popular name that, that people were considering, but you know, based on what you've seen from the defense at this point, I mean, unless you were saying maybe upgrading the right defensive end on, you know, do you Dietrich think he's Weiss, better like than, Do you think he's better than Dietrich Weiss? Yeah, that's, that's, the, that's the question. I personally, the last I saw of Trey Flowers, I do think he's better than Dietrich Weiss, but maybe he's not anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, I haven't seen him in a couple of injury-plagued seasons up in Detroit. I don't know if he's that guy anymore. And, yeah. you know, Weiss was, was outstanding yesterday. So, yeah, I mean, I, I'm always interested in, in adding some depth, but I'm not sure that that's – I think that we, we get these questions a lot, and it's always, you know, who can they get? Who can they – I don't think you're getting difference-making players, uh, no. you know, in the middle of August. I, I just, we had the Roquan Smith question earlier, too. I, I, you're right, Paul, that people love to ask these types of questions, right? Who can they sign? Who can they trade for? Who can they get? Uh, honestly, with the way that they look defensively now, uh, I would like to just see them carry this group into the season and see what they can get out of guys. Even like a Anthony Jennings, who's had a nice camp, maybe he's finally coming into his own or back from that injury in college and, and back to his normal self, I would much rather at this stage, based off the guys that you're going to get, right, in the conversation there, go into into the season and see what you have with this group. Obviously, if a, a number one corner, true number one corner, like Stephon Gilmore level player comes available, then maybe you make a move like that. But uh, these low-level signings, back of the roster signings, I, I would just rather give the guys that have been here those chances. Yeah, yeah and I'm not, you know, it, it's not one of those absolute things. I understand that you can get a disgruntled player, you know, like the Roquan Smith situation. Yeah. Sometimes you can get a talented guy who becomes available for, uh, you know, a variety of reasons. Right. And that's how they got to keep to leap. That, that's the one that always you know? stands out to me with this group in particular because you look at this secondary – it does. I, I think it will be better based off of what we've seen, but it does give you some like 2010, 2011 vibes right. the way that it's built. And then Talib came in in 2012 and completely changed the whole complexion of that defense. I, I still feel like that's the move, and that's probably going to come closer to the trade deadline if it does happen. But that's the move that I would look for them to make to actually add a legitimate impact player. Is will eventually somebody like that pry free for some whatever reason contractually, or you know, we saw Jalen Ramsey move. We saw a lot of guys get moved that have a ton of talent at the cornerback position. Yeah, that's uh, Russell Russell O'Gorman uh, in Arkansas following up, and you know, similar to you see the Patriots trading for a veteran corner. If there was a position you think they might be a little bit light at, 
what, what, what spot do you think they might look to add, make an addition, you know, maybe a cut down over that? It seems like over, always over that, I mean, it's a, it's a Tuesday now instead of the week, Labor Day weekend, but it seems like they always pick up a guy or two, you know, in the shuffle of people making final cut downs. Is there a particular position you think they might be a, a bit little light at? Perhaps tackle, if maybe we don't tackle. see Isaiah Wynn and, yeah, and, and Justin think, Rombach I think they could use some depth on the offensive line. Yeah, that's a, that's a spot. I think cornerback, and we talked about Williams and, and Butler, I think that kind of represented your depth there. Um, I don't think it's a killer, but all of a sudden you lose a Jalen Mills. Yeah. And you're saying, oh, we don't have a veteran that we feel comfortable plugging in now. So I think there's a couple of spots. Yeah, I would say corner. Uh, but ultimately, I, I think that their depth in a lot of places is actually okay. It's it's maybe looking for guys that have more top-end talent. Yeah. I, I don't think there's any <laughs> Their depth is better than their talent. <laughs> I, I totally agree with Evan on that. It, it, it's, it's, what's the point of really going out there and, and trading for a guy that's comparable to Terrence Mitchell when you already have Terrence Mitchell on the roster, yeah, right? right? So it's not necessarily about getting guys like that. Like wide receiver, I think, is a, another position. Maybe Taekwon ends up being that guy, so they don't necessarily need to chase it. But they have a lot of really good two through four depth at wide receiver, maybe even two through five if, if Taekwon's the player. So you don't necessarily need more depth at wide receiver, but obviously if one of these disgruntled veteran wideouts as we've seen with Tyree Kill and Devontae Adams and all these guys that have been moved in the last couple of years at that position, if one of those guys comes available, you're still looking for that bona fide number one guy in your offense. So maybe that those are the types of moves, but again, I, I would just rather see them go into the season with some of these depth people pieces that have performed well in training camp if one of those moves comes available then great if not let's just see what these guys got yeah especially when you have you know time invested in these guys and you know maybe on paper a player might look like an upgrade but at the same time you got to consider that that player doesn't know really know what he's doing hasn't been here for training camp and you know i think that does factor in and a little bit of nfl news to share i think it's uh, interesting derwin james and the chargers uh according to adam schefter have agreed on a four-year 76.4 million dollar extension which averages 19.11 million a year uh, we talk about the patriots safety depth uh that's that's quite a deal for derwin james certainly a great player in their secondary jc jackson joining him um you look at the patriots having five safeties though i think maybe uh maybe we might be uh looking at them going down to a couple more. I don't know if they're going to be in the market, but Jabril Pepper, somebody like him who's on a one-year deal, certainly if he goes and balls out this year, it might mean a little bit a little bit more dough for him. Uh, any thought on, on Derwin James? We always talk about value with the Patriots. I think if you add up the salaries of the top four safeties on the <laughs> Patriots, it equals one Derwin James. <laughs> yep. And Derwin James is a fantastic player, but I, I feel like that's pretty – I'm assuming that that's a top-of-market deal for Derwin James resetting the safety market. And I, I don't think Kyle Duggar is quite yet on the Derwin James level – but you start to think about his second contract and what that's going to cost the Patriots if he's going to stick around. He's certainly going to be a player that's going to be in the top 10, top 15 of deals you would think at that position once that time comes. We're already in, what, year three with Kyle Duggar, so it's not too far off. He's only got uh, one more year on that rookie deal after this, and it's a four-year rookie deal. So we're, we're not too far off from having that conversation about an extension or a second contract for a guy like Kyle Duggar. So it's always notable when the top of the market gets set because now you can at least get a little bit of a gauge of what it might cost the Patriots to, to pay Kyle Duggar. Yeah, and they, of course, moved early last year, re-signed Adrian Phillips to an extension. I mean, Phillips was you know just a slam dunk signing. But you talk about you, you got Peppers here one year. You got two more years of, of Duggar. You got a few more years of, of Phillips. Then you got 
Bledsoe waiting in the wings a little bit too. So it seems like they've got you know kind of long running depth at the safety position. Uh, nothing that they have to worry about. I think that they have to go out and and, and solve immediately. Uh, we got the Patriots continuing to do some walkthrough stuff. So we will get back to showing you guys the on-field action once stretching begins. And with that horn, yeah, that's just, about what's likely to start. Just trying to give you a little bit of a an update here. Uh, and this is not official, but I don't, I mean, we, we saw very little of Hunter Henry. He left practice early yesterday. I do not see him out there unless I'm missing him, if you guys have seen him. Um, so there's one, one, no, one veteran. No, I only see four at the tight end group right now. Yeah, one veteran that I have not seen out there. Um, otherwise, we're looking at kind of the same, you know, Justin Huron, Isaiah Wynn, uh, and Bill Murray, the three offensive linemen that are out. So, Evan, I want to throw this one your way because I think you're, you're all over this guy. Um, Ian writes in and says, is Mac Wilson the solution for the sideline-to-sideline -side linebacker this team has been lacking, or is he a stopgap? until we find that guy. What do you think his role is? I mean, I think you talk about sideline to sideline. You're, you're kind of inferring that he's an every down middle linebacker, right. you know, that's going to play. Probably not exactly what Mac Wilson is, though. What have you seen out of Mac? What I like about him is that he does bring that explosive element to the passing game, whether it's in coverage or it's rushing the passer, which honestly, you know, his coverage has been good, too. But I think blitzing has been where I've been the most impressed with him. We saw it in the Thursday night game against the Giants that he was able to get a QB hit on uh, Daniel Jones there early on in that game as well. So he's been an impactful blitzer, but he certainly can cover more ground in coverage and, and do some of the more stressful coverage assignments that they have for linebackers in this defense. But ultimately, and for better or worse, I still think that they are going to really treat guys situationally. And I think Mac Wilson fits into that category where he's a second and long third down you know, sub package type of player. And Raycon McMillan and Juwan Bentley are going to handle the early down stuff. And I think that that's sort of how they look at it with a lot of these guys. The one guy that I, I hope that they view as a more expanded role player is Barmore. But I think at times we could see Christian Barmore even in that category as well, where he's really just in a passing downs type of role. So I think that that's how they're looking at it with this defense, with the depth that they do have, that they might be able to almost have like a rotation, uh, 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 hockey lines, if you will, right, based off of the package and the situation of how they're going to handle things. And I think Mac Wilson will be a passing downs guy. I'm not sure if he's going to be an every down player. I think last year, Jamie Collins's role was a little bit more of a passing down situational type of thing. And that's maybe where they see Mac Wilson fitting in. Well, let's, uh, let's jump to the phones here. Uh, we got Eric in California. Eric, hello. You are uh, live on the training camp cast here. Well, good morning, gentlemen. How are you doing? We're doing good. Just uh, try to speak up a little. We got some sound coming through uh, right now. <laughs> Is that better? Yeah, I hear you. Uh, so my question is, is that I know there's been a long time. And he's going to be the same caller. Um, so he's going to be a couple of years ago when Brian took the job in Miami. He didn't know he was going to be the same caller. Do you guys see this as a similar situation or is this kind of a totally different process? Gotcha. Thanks, Eric. I'm going to let you go, but I, I got the gist of it. Uh, I, you know, I think, I think this, the big change is that, you know, you had Gerard Mayo and you had Steve Belichick here who were two coaches who, you know, had been on the defensive side of the ball. And so you're right. There has been instances where they have not named official coordinators, but usually in those instances, 
they've had younger coaches that have kind of been being groomed behind the scenes. This is a kind of a different situation yeah. in terms of Matt Patricia and, and more and importantly, Joe Judge. coaches that work on that side of the ball. Yeah, that, I mean, I I know everybody is fixating on the fact that they don't they didn't name anybody. I don't care who they name. I don't care that they name someone or not. I care that the guy calling the plays is an offensive coach or at least has experience as an offensive coach. They don't have that. That's why I'm concerned. I don't know about anybody else, but that's what I'm concerned about. Yeah. Like it's not comparable to anything that's ever happened with for the Patriots. Yeah, I'm not too caught up in the play caller to be honest with you because I think that at the end of the day the execution of the plays and the design of the plays is going to be more important than the sequencing of the plays. There's obviously something to be said for the sequencing too and it can be important, but if you have guys out there executing at a high level, you can pretty much call whatever you want and it's going to work. So I, I'm not necessarily too caught up in the actual play caller aspect of it. But what I am interested to see is what we saw on Thursday night in the preseason game is, is Matt Patricia stretched too thin? Is he wearing too many hats? Because you have him calling plays, him working with the quarterbacks, him working with the offensive line. At, at some point in time, somebody else is going to have to pick up some of that slack he can't be in three places at once and to me that's a bigger concern than maybe who's actually physically calling the plays on game day and that's why I've always thought that Joe Judge makes the most sense because he's got one role and that's to be there with the quarterbacks and yeah. to coach the quarterbacks and he doesn't have to worry about coaching up the line and coaching up the the quarterbacks and calling the plays he can just work with Mac exclusively call the plays and be the de facto play caller and I think that that's the way that it makes the most sense from a efficiency standpoint but what we saw on Thursday night and, and not that to look too much into a preseason game Matt Patricia might be better at calling plays and if he's the best guy for the job then you have to figure out the other pieces and maybe it's Billy Yates who ends up stepping up and handling the re sideline responsibilities with the offensive linemen yeah I think what was eye-opening for me is just anytime you see footage of you know Dante Scarnecchia on the sidelines and you know, everything that goes into coaching on the sidelines during the game and, and the keys that he was able to alert his guys to. So, I mean, it certainly is an important game day operational role that, you know, you need from your offensive line coaches. But, you know, I just I would just say going into the season, I, I, I just I hope that, you know, I, I think Paul has, has touched on it well, that it's, you know, it's unfortunately it's kind of the coaches in the firing line. But, you know, I, I would hope at least, that, you know, in our analysis here, when we're trying to break things down, that we're you know trying to get to the root of it. Was it, you know, you was it Mac Jones's fault? It. Was it, you know, was it the play Absolutely. calling? Is it the, you know, because I know it'll, the easy crutch will just be to blame the play calling, which certainly it could very well um, be the problem. But at the same time, I don't think, you know, I think people, what we really, really want to know is how is Mac Jones developing? You know, how is Mac playing? And, you know, is this suiting Mac? Um, you know, but I don't want to give him a free pass at the same time. If, if things are there, he's not seeing them and he's not hitting them. Then, I, you know, I think we need to we need to highlight that as well. But uh, it's, it's certainly a, an interesting situation going into the season and, and you know it's just something that is going to be talked about and critiqued and broken down and all that and and i i do think given the history of it that that that's you know something that's that's apt and, and worth discussing it's as i said mac jones is just the most important part here for this team and, and their future and i share evan's overall thoughts about play calling i think it is in a lot of respects it's overrated yeah. the actual play call and i agree with that um and a lot of coaches over the years have said that this there's a, a booklet that comes out before uh, before the, the NFL season. They give a lot of it's a lot of questionnaires, right? Um, and a lot of different coaches they ask what, what's the most overrated, and they'll say the the actual play call. Yeah, the play calling. Uh, so I do agree with that, but I think that's among 
coaches that have called plays. Right. I, I think that what I what I really liked about Josh was his sort of reservoir of of background. Yeah. And being able to say, you know, two years ago when we were struggling doing X against a scheme that was doing Y, this is what we did to to fix that. Excellent adjustment. You know, yeah. and this is and this is how we get by. You know. You know, after two after two straight three and outs, this is what we did to fix that. Right. And, and I don't know that, uh, you know, a defensive coordinator and a special teams coach are going to have that reservoir of, of knowledge to fall back on when things are struggling. It's not about the play call. It's about understanding what, what you want to do at a particular time. Yeah. You know, you, a feel. Yeah, a feel you go back to Super Bowl 53 on. when they get nothing going offensively. He draws up that play on the sideline to Gronkowski where he blocks and then releases they they essentially said after that game that Josh drew that up like in the dirt, like right. you do in the playground and said, this is what we're going to do. And those were the types of things that McDaniels was great at. I know a lot of people with McDaniels would get caught up in like the draws and the screens on third down. He, he got killed too. Excellent, he got killed he's too. He's an like, excellent play caller. And right. what he was really good at was seeing the bigger picture of, I'm going to, I'm going to start doing this early on in the game because we know in the fourth quarter we're going to go to this and we're going to have this look established so that we can go back to something that's going to pull one over the defense later on in the game. So you talk to coaches around the league, you talk to guys that really know offensive football, and McDaniels' name in terms of his situational play calling, his uh, play designing obviously has been, was fantastic too. It's, it's a big loss. It's a guy that, that really knew, was – in my mind, probably a top five offensive mind in football, uh, other than you know the the Shanahan tree, uh, you know Shanahan and and uh, McVay and Andy Reid, I think is up there as well. But he's one of the better offensive minds in football, so replacing him is not going to be easy. Well, we've been uh, we've been joined by Tamara. She's up from her uh, duties down below uh, on the field level. Hi, <laughs> <Duties>. Mike. <laughs> what's going on? Uh, give us a report, Tamara, from down the sidelines. How, how what's the mood down there today? So my first report before I forget is that Dakota Trafton is a big fan of Patriots Unfiltered. He ran into me downstairs, and he was like, is Mike nearby? I was like, uh... He was like, do so? He was like, I love Patriots Unfiltered. He was like, are you Tamara? And I was like, yeah, what's your name? And he gave us his name, and I was like, I'll definitely mention that when I get up there. I'll tell Mike you said hello. He didn't want Paul? Like, what's up, right? Zoe? Sorry. You <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, That's nice. Yeah. That's, it's always great to hear from the very fans happy, of the show. Very happy to fly under the radar. Yeah. Yeah, he, right. he said that you know a friend recommended it to him, and he's been listening ever since. Well, that's so awesome. Really well, I wonder if he's got an earbud in there uh, listening to, to live from our bird in the sky uh, Hopefully perspective. He is. Hopefully hello, he is. hello out there. Um, hello, Jerry. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, that was my first time meeting someone who listens to the show, so that was pretty A fan. Cool. Yeah. No autographs yet. That's, Technically, that's, he's your fan. That's a Paul he asked fan. for you. It's a Mike. He asked for you. That's, that's a Mike fan. <laughs> you call me Mike. I don't know if he's a real fan. You that's gotta, a Mike you gotta, fan. You got to deuce me. Uh, <laughs> what, else, uh, what else going on there? How was any, any uh, energy reports just after the little bit of, you know, things boiled over a little bit yesterday? Seems like guys were, were chatting a little bit, I mean, yeah. in, in a friendly way. Yeah. Or, or I, I think the storm has passed, both um, literally and figuratively. I, th I think the rain, you know, has passed, hopefully for us, for practice. And I think also yesterday seems to have been left in yesterday from the, from the mood that I felt coming off the field. Yeah, I will say this, uh, just observationally, about five minutes ago, uh, after the warm-up period was over, the calisthenics, the stretching and all that, mm -hmm. the Panthers gathered uh, in the middle of the field as, uh, in, in their entirety, the whole team, 
And my guess is Matt Rule had one final. Hey, let's knock off the, the nonsense from yesterday. Um, let's not have any of that spill over out here today. I mean, I'm just speculating, but they didn't do that yesterday before the practice. They did it today. Yeah. No so, fighting. No yeah. fighting. They had a, no fighting. a little players no only fighting. huddle yesterday where they're, you know, you see players before games and stuff like you do a little hype up yep. type right. thing. This yeah. was the they whole team. Yeah. 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 I talked to Damian Harris a little bit after practice, kind of just, you know, asking him how it went. And he's did he just bark like, at you? no barking. I didn't hear you so barking. So annoying. Um, but. <laughs> He mentioned he was like, you know, he was. I was really excited, to, excited to play football. So I was a little bit upset. You know, we had, you know, all that extra stuff happening around. So he's looking forward to today. Hopefully, you know, being a little bit more competitive. Football only, no drama. Yeah. Well, we'll see. Let's. Uh, let's, yeah. let's. One other guy I don't yeah. see, oh, Mike. Please. And if yes. you guys see, see, do you see Yasser Durant? To be number seven. I have not seen seven. Which uh, you know, and I bring that up again because now that you're talking about three tackles, uh, not yeah. uh, not in in uniform. So. It's Trent Brown and Yadni Kajust, um, or bust. So you probably see a little bit Wait. more of Arlington Ham Bright. You said you tackle. didn't see Trent Brown? I did. No, I, I did see Trent Brown. I didn't yeah. see Yarsia Durant, Isaiah Wynn, and Justin yeah. Huron. That's okay. three tackles not in uniform. You wonder at what point, too, on when he starts to get some run right back tackle. at tackle. I don't right. like him at tackle. I, know, I mean, I, I don't. I, I don't really like him in there. I think he's more suited for the inside. Again, I'm not an expert at the offensive line. I let you guys do that on your own time. <laughs> but I, I don't think that he has the mobility to play out there. I, I don't think he has the quickness to handle edge rushers. Um, yeah, I, I think he's more yeah. of a mauler than it, he are is. Are there yeah. any available, I guess, um, guys out there who aren't signed who can potentially take their place if need be? Probably. <laughs> that was the, like, that was, that was the most. That was the most Paul answer. It was. Ever. It was. We need, we need an offensive lineman. Can we get one? Yeah, probably. <laughs> I should say. I should say one that Paul would approve. No. Of. Are there oh, any that's available? That's a high bar. That's a high bar. Offensive <laughs> Like you know how you said like you know the the Derwin James you know that's yeah. probably top of the market. I don't mind paying top of the market for elite talent at you know a position like that. I I do mind paying top of the market for an offensive tackle. He's bet he better be Orlando Pace if if, if I'm so setting if I'm setting the market. So you wouldn't pay Trent Williams? No. 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 That's a no for me too. Nope. No. That's a no for me. Oh boy. Oh, uh, something brewing. Something brewing here. I don't know if I can agree <laughs> with that. Dave. I, I think he's he's an excellent tackle. You mentioned Orlando Pace. He he might be. In yeah. That category. Jonathan Ogden, you know, a guy that's going to be a fixture for 15 years and be the best, sure. the best that he that you know of a generation. Sure. I'll pay for that, but the rest of them, are to, to me, I, I think it's kind of like kicker. The difference between the best <laughs> and the worst is so small. <laughs> like, yeah. So, well, uh, I, well, I don't I, but, know. But I, I don't know. I don't want to name any names, but we've seen some bad tackle play at times over the last 20 plus years, and mm -hmm. it gets pretty yeah, bad them, when it's some bad. Of them make, yeah. Yeah. Some of them might make 10 million a year. <laughs> I do. I mean, I do think, yep. though, it speaks I to. I totally agree with you. <laughs> <laughs> I do think it speaks to the point, though, that you know you can't pay every position, and you got to pick. You know which ones you where you might might skimp a little bit, and you know you, you and can't pay everybody. And left tackle is one that you don't skimp on. Is, I mean, left tackles are highly paid uh, in the league, and, and in general, it's an important spot. So, Paul, you saying that reminded me of the opening of The Blind Side when Sandra Bullock is is describing. You know, Lawrence Taylor coming through the line. He was like, because of Lawrence Taylor, now this position is now the most valuable position on the team. Michael. And Michael. Michael. And so when you were talking about that left tackle being the most valuable, I was thinking about, wow, this sounds like literally the opening of my favorite movie.
I love that movie. Paul, I like it so I like, much. I like that movie. Here's too. a question. It's a great one. I, I like the Disney movies sometimes. Uh, they get me. Sandra Bullock like is it. the best. I like I'm it. biased. You know what? Uh, Paul, you see, I'm watching something other than Law and Order. I find extremely hand, handsome. <laughs> I think, hey, Morel, Morel, I think I'm, we I'm need, just right generally for Tamara, we need the Law and Order little, you know, the little hit. Dun dun. The sting. Yes. Like, just whenever she makes a point or something, you know, just bang that one. That's actually really good. That's really good. I think we need to address this, Paul. What um, do we need to address? Austin from NC, he's writing in. He says, Fred, missing, you know, as of late. Has the boss man gotten too big for us? Is he somewhere in the stadium spilling something on his shirt? <laughs> do I need to start putting his face on milk cartons? We need Fred and the Fred-Paul banter. I uh, uh, couldn't agree more. Yeah, he's, he's, you know, he's got a lot going on. but uh, Something is lacking when the boss man is missing. Yeah, it's... And something that isn't lacking is me talking too much, probably. But hey, we got to do what we got to do. We're all we're all busy, so hopefully, uh, hopefully, it's not detracting too much from the enjoyment. But did you just see Dalton Keene almost fall down coming out? Of I that missed break? it. Oh no! I just and jeez, the last Paul thing that guy needs Paul is another. Paul, don't bring up my Virginia Tech guys. So much so <laughs> that he's doing it again. <laughs> uh, so yeah, they're getting a little bit of a little bit of positional drills right now as we're getting started before uh, some of the more interesting action will kick into gear and then we'll all lose our minds trying to figure out what's going on uh let's go back over here to the emails of course claire she's got to ring in claire i don't have a ryan Izzo update for you right now so uh you'll have to wait we'll do a write-up on that after after a full you know ryan Izzo breakdown but um what do you think pats will have with tight end three and who may it be see hmm. i think this is an interesting question because yesterday with hunter henry out you saw devin asiasi get a little bit of opportunity i didn't really think he did much and again hunter henry fully out today so you know if you're devin asiasi year three you've kind of been waiting for an opportunity Th today is kind of it yesterday and today is kind of it i mean i feel like today he's a guy that that, that needs to play well he's going to get an opportunity they've been running plenty of two tight end stuff so i don't want to say it's now or never for devin asiasi but in year three how long is Hunter Henry going to be out? We don't know. I don't yeah. know. I don't know for sure that any any tight end three has a spot locked up. But we talked about Sokol yesterday, and he's actually been okay too. When I think of Asiasi yesterday, the first thing that came to mind was the fumble that happened right in front of us. I, like it's like those type of opportunities. It's like you really can't yep. give them and then up. He fell on it exactly. Yep. And so I'm hoping today that one he doesn't fumble, but two that he makes the most of his opportunity with Hunter Henry out again. So, Evan, I know you think um, you've been there a couple of weeks, and I know you think I'm, you know, I tend to be a little <laughs> pessimistic. I'm going to tell, tell you what I thought of Devin Asiasi yesterday, and, and the know. thing that stuck out to me was the touchdown that he caught from Brian Hoyer <laughs> in the two-minute drill to close practice. I thought it was Ooh, one of the he positivity from Paul. I thought it was one Whoa. of the better, I thought it was one of the better offensive plays they ran in the two-minute. Both guys. Are we yeah. Yeah. And the two-minute was a little clunky. Yeah. That was a really well-executed play. It was an excellent pass from Hoyer. Got to be honest, and, a great throw. And it was a great. Yeah, it was a great. It was a great throw from Hoyer, but Asiasi, yeah. you know, looked very smooth. I don't think there's any. I don't even think it's close. I think there's a chance that none of them make it as the third guy, and maybe they use John Smith sort of in a hybrid kind of thing. But if you're going to take three, one of those three, to me, Asiasi is head and shoulders the option. Yeah, over, I still go back Keen, to his over Keen and Sokol. I still go back to his 2020 tape too, where he was actually pretty solid as a run blocker when they really had to give him the opportunity to play yep. his rookie season. And I, I think as a receiver, you see some of the things in his breaks and his ability to get open at the top of the route that you like. And I agree that maybe he needs to finish plays a little bit more consistently, like Tamara was saying. But overall, I, I like what I've seen out of Devin Asiasi as a third tight end. I'm not saying he's Rob Gronkowski, but exactly. as a depth exactly. guy, I, I think that he's somebody that, that can serve that role. But you worry about Hunter Henry last year. 
knock on wood, really lucky with yeah. injury luck and all that sort of thing based off of his, the past in his career. So you have to have some depth there because you never know if that's going to run out on you. Dare I say little Jordan Humphrey maybe in, in a big tight end type of I was going to mention that. Yeah, a, do you see that kind of a skill set? I, I think that he's at his best when he's inside and he's running the seam, and that's what we saw out of him against the Giants. And we were talking to Nick Cayley the other day during posi- uh, assistant coach availability, and he was saying that because they only had Sockle active in that game, they had to actually cross-train little Jordan a little bit on tight end. <laughs> Look what I did there. I got gotcha. <laughs> you. On well, tight well. end because they just they had to play some snaps. They couldn't make Sockle play the entire game. Had to potty train them, too. <laughs> so they, they, they had a little bit of little Jordan playing the Y on Thursday night against the Giants in the We're preseason opener. Looking for a Y-Y here. I uh, I've, why not? Go ahead, Paul. Uh, just real quick on that. You know, and I, and I felt like Asiasi was the, the pick over Sokol and um, Keen, yeah. without question. If you go your route with Humphrey, this is a Bill Belichickism that he's used many times in the past. It's not about necessarily the positions and stacking the positions. It's about finding a way to keep the best players right. that you can. He might think that little Jordan Humphrey is a better player than Devin Asiasi. He certainly had a really strong camp, and like I said, you know, the the zero blitz at the end of the game where Zappi got him the, the touchdown, just a seam run, right? Right up the seam, get o- over the top of the guy and make a play on the football. He has that skill set. We actually saw in practice right before the Giants preseason game where he ran another seam ball, and uh, I think it was Hoyer that, that split two defenders to get the ball in to little Jordan. I, I don't love when he's on the outside. I, I don't <laughs> think that that's where he's going to succeed in the NFL, but as that jumbo slot move tight end, piece I, I think that he's got some value in that type of role and it's another bigger receiver which they could probably what use I don't well. know about him is his ability to block you know as a third tight end you're sure. probably going to need to have that now I've also seen a little Arlington Hambright lining up as an extra tackle yeah. uh, at least one day they're definitely going to want that in their in their back pocket the right. 6-0 line is definitely not going anywhere a nice little catch there by Kendrick Bourne. Just another minute or so of video, so uh, get it while you can here, some of the warm-ups. We will be going, though, to all audio for the rest of practice, so don't go anywhere. You just uh, you know, won't get to see the pictures of them practicing and our beautiful faces up here on the side of the stadium. Mike, you mentioned oh, yes. Kendrick Bourne, and so now that, that has me thinking of how today is valuable for him. Yeah. And I think that because he's been so quiet throughout camp, you know, I was really looking forward to him yesterday, um, having an opportunity to compete against the Panthers' defense and, and, you know, see where he is. But obviously that was cut short um, with him being removed from practice. And so now that he's back, um, I'm hoping to actually see, like, the Kendrick Bourne that we see in the game maybe show up today. Well, I, I, I was thinking about that a little bit yesterday. I'm glad you brought that up because, you know, an impression I have from watching these practices is that, it seems like they have a set group of plays for Jonu Smith. They have a set group of plays for Devontae Parker. It certainly seems like Jacoby Myers in situations is, is, is one of the main targets that they're going for. Even Aguilar, I wouldn't say that they have specific stuff designed for him, but we've seen them go for him. I just haven't seen them design anything where it feels like we want to make Kendrick Bourne a focal part of this offense. It feels like he's almost the third or fourth option that they never really get to in a lot of these practices. And, you know, I'm struggling to think of, Anything, and we'll say a quick goodbye to everyone on video. Thank you for uh, tuning in, but stay with us. We'll be continuing live, but um, but that's my thought on him. That's, you know, it's just, you see, like, out here, especially yesterday, it's like, they want to get Jonu Smith involved. Mm-hmm. Like, they're having him do a number of different things. Like The, the jet off- sweep. Jet, well, let's not t- say too much. <laughs> <laughs> we can say yeah, so. I'm we just kidding. I'm just when, kidding. They hand, when they <laughs> hand the ball to a player, we can say That would have been a law and order. Ching, ching. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> well, easy. Uh, but we are getting into some team drills now. Um, but I don't know. Do you guys have any thoughts on that? It's just it's surprising how how just the lack of involvement and and seemingly the lack of, um, you know, just plan to get him involved. But, you know what I'm but saying? I will say too, with him like not being involved yesterday because he was in the locker room, we saw more of Trey Nixon. Like Trey Trey Nixon had a couple catches. So I'm like, would that have been Kendrick Bourne's opportunity right there? I mean, I'm, I'm getting yeah. a little concerned about Kendrick Bourne. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. Because he's had a little bit of a weird go of it here. I'm not saying that he's not going to make the team or anything like that, but you start to think about he had that off-season media availability where he kind of gave away a little bit too much of the, of the state secrets with the playbook. And he comes out here yesterday. He, a good point, he, he doesn't really have a great training camp to start. He comes out here yesterday. There was something to do with his equipment or yeah. something like that that the referees were getting on him and Bill then got on him about it. And then he starts throwing punches and get kick, gets kicked out of practice. It's just been a really Oof. bizarre well, when you put it that way. run and, of it. And I, thought, and, and I thought, listen, the, the fight was was ridiculously unnecessary all around. I thought Carolina didn't let it go. It looked like I mean, some reports said that a coach was sort of involved with yeah. with Christian Wilkerson. So I'm not excusing Carolina's side of it, but I think it was largely over. And Kendrick yeah. Bourne like reignited it, and that's how he yeah. got his, his trip off the field. So uh, a lot of the, the guys that were down there were saying Bill was really unhappy with the equipment thing that the referee sent him off uh, on the second play of 11 on 11. Huh. Uh, Bill was really unhappy uh, about that. Um, you know, again, it's like Damian Harris said, uh, you know, I think, TB, you mentioned this mm -hmm. when you were talking about, you know, after practice, how excited he was. He was like, you can't fight in a game. You can't fight in practice. Yeah. You know, it, it's a pretty simple rule. Yeah. And unfortunately, you saw a lot of guys sort of forget that yesterday. And I know that tempers run hot. It's not something. But... How many times have you seen something like that in the game field where it doesn't escalate to punches being thrown like that? Um, it's a rarity to see something like what happened with Indianapolis and the Patriots last year when Kyle Duggar was involved yep. uh, in one of those things. But that, that's a rarity. You see it all the time in practice when you have the joint practices. So I think these guys sometimes, they think they're in practice, they can do these things. Yeah, I mean, Paul, my question to you is, I mean, we've seen... The Patriots. Jalen Mills on DJ Moore again, by the way. Sorry to interrupt you. No, not, no, not a okay. good job of coverage. We've seen the Patriots in the past not necessarily cut or trade a player, but phase a player out of what they're doing offensively yeah. or defensively. <laughs> and Do they have incentives? <laughs> oh, sorry. That's a different show. <laughs> if, it, if he's not if he's not doing the things that they want him to do, that you know, behind the scenes and, and his attitude yeah. and all that kind of stuff, We've seen in the past with them that you know a player that you thought was going to be a big part of things ends up not being as big, and I I hope that's not the, going to be the case with Kendrick Bourne. But it's just been a really bizarre couple of months. Yeah, off, and and I point. agree. I mean, it's it's probably premature to suggest that you know we're at that point right now, but just something to keep an eye on. If it ends up being a slower season, or you know this, these are the the signs, and people say, well, what did you see in the summer? Well, that's what we that's what we've seen in the summer. I think you know Evan sort of chronicle three or four different things that are possibilities as to why we haven't seen more from Kendrick Bourne so far on on the practice field. Any speculation what the equipment thing could have been? Like what 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 was that it, like? It looked like a like knee pad. Wrong socks or something? Yeah, it looked like the <laughs> knee pad. Like you have to have pads in. Yeah. And he maybe he didn't. All right, well, we're going to take a quick break here. We've been going for a little bit. We'll try to catch up on what's going on in the field. we got a bunch of one-on-ones uh, going on. As, uh, ooh, nice interception by Miles Bryant off of uh, – you don't see that every day in a one-on-one by the goal line. Yeah, there's been a few of them. Uh, uh, the defense Sam is, Darnold. The defense has had the better of it, I think, uh, in this little low red zone one-on-one -on -one work. Some of it's been 
two-man routes, uh, you know, uh, at, at times with the Panthers. But I think the defensive backs have had pretty good coverage. There's been a lot of incomplete passes and a lot of defensive backs touching the ball first. All right, we're going to take a quick break. We will be right back with more from Patriots training camp. Want to get into the game? Get coached up at Dean College. Equipped with exclusive academic partnerships featuring the Patriots, Revolution, Providence Bruins, Summer Baseball, and more, our classrooms are set up for success by learning directly from the pros. Dean College has programs in communications, sports management, business, and marketing with unprecedented hands-on experiences. Our students take what they learn in the classroom and put it right to work in the marketplace. At Dean College, our students don't just play games, we run them. Visit us at dean.edu. There's no season better than football season. And there's no better place to get in on all of the action than with DraftKings, the official daily fantasy sports partner of the New England Patriots. To add to the thrill, DraftKings has millions of dollars in prizes up for grabs every week. So head to the app now and check it out. If you haven't tried it yet, fantasy football is easy to play. Just pick nine players, stay under the salary cap, and pile up points for yards, touchdowns, receptions, and so much more. There's no better way to put your football knowledge to the test than to compete for a shot at $1 million in total prizes. Download the DraftKings app now and use promo code PATS to get a shot at millions of dollars in total prizes every week. That's promo code PATS to get a shot at millions of dollars in total prizes every week, only at DraftKings. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. In sports, if you think joy only happens after you win, think again. Look at the world's most successful athletes like Serena Williams, Brooks Kepka, and Alex Morgan. They don't spend all their days grinding away. They take time to enjoy themselves, like getting together with friends over a Michelob Ultra, because they know that happiness is the key to winning and that joy is the whole game, not just the end game. Michelob Ultra, 95 calories, 2.6 grams of carbs. It's only worth it if you enjoy it. Enjoy responsibly. AB Michelob Ultra Light Beer, St. Louis, Missouri. How did Verizon build the fastest 5G in the world? We started by building it right with 5G Ultra Wideband. Then we gave it massive capacity and near zero lag. And it's not just fast, it's 25 times faster than today's 4G networks. This is 5G built right from the network more people rely on, only on Verizon. 5G Ultra Wideband available only in parts of select cities. Global claim based on open signal independent analysis. 25 times analysis by Ookla's speed test intelligence data Q2 2020. Patriot Place is the region's number one shopping, dining, and entertainment destination. Shop your favorites, including Vineyard Vines, Express, Olympia Sports, Petco, and more. Enjoy dining at one of our 19 restaurants, including Six String Grill and Stage, Scorpion Bar, and Bar Louie. And don't forget about the entertainment. Explore your inner artist at Muse Paint Bar, watch a movie at Showcase Cinema Deluxe, or grab a controller and start gaming at Helix Esports. For a complete directory listing, please visit patriot-place.com. The ruling on the field stands. We deliver jerseys, funny foam fingers, and everything you need for the game. But what you really get is so much more. FedEx delivery. Game day spirit. What we deliver by delivering. Some people are never content with simply being good. Not when they can be great. But it takes a big step to get there. In fact... It takes a leap of faith, a belief in what you're striving toward, and a willingness to make the commitment, day in and day out, to something bigger than yourself. Putnam is proud to partner with those who share their own commitment to performance excellence. 
This is Matt Light for Putnam Investments, a world of investing. We are patriots, and our standards are a little different. We don't just carry the hopes of a city, but the hopes of an entire region. For us, no uphill battle is ever too high to climb. And our favorite ring is the next one. Our job isn't done until the final down is played. And everyone knows we gave it our all. We the fans march forward with the power to do what it takes. Just like we've done time and time again. We are the home field advantage. Bank of America is proud to be the official bank of the New England Patriots and stand with them as they defy the odds. Copyright 2020, Bank of America Corporation. Live from joint practices with the Carolina Panthers, this is Patriots Unfiltered. All right, we are back here at Gillette Stadium watching joint practices, and uh, we're doing some kickoff work here. So uh, probably a good time to maybe go to the emails a little bit as, uh, as they're getting ready for some more team sessions. Uh, you know, your, I like boy, your boy Pierre Strong just got a chance to return one of those kicks. Oh, Pierre Strong, there we go. Uh, hey, guys, this one's from Jeremy. Uh, writes in, hey, guys, love the show. Do we have any idea if Bill has replaced Ernie Adams or has, has his position been phased out? I think it's an interesting question, guys. Matt Patricia was kind of that guy last year. And so we talk about how does Matt Patricia divide up between offensive line and it's still play caller. Title. What's he going to do? Yeah, it's, it's still, still part of his title. So he's got a, in theory, he could be consulting on the offensive line, helping Bill out, and calling the plays. Uh, I'm not sure, I'm not sure how that would, that's all going to work out. But uh, I, I think it's, it's, a, it's an interesting concept. You always had Ernie and Bill's ear, yeah. kind of the consigliere moments, I, situational. I, uh, it's, it's probably I just helpful. I think Ernie was a, was a unique kind of character. You don't replace Ernie Adams. No, I just think that what, what he provided, I don't, I, I don't think that you just go and put a want ad at, you know, um, savant. You know, <laughs> genius. Like you know, clock management expert, personnel. They could do, you could do that, Paul. I really think you could do that. You, I've never met anyone more in tune with the call. I am good at timeouts, clock, clock management, pros all at, over. I it. am good at clock management. I, I will say <laughs> that, but I also have never had to do it in the heat of battle. <laughs> well, they could just sit I you. Would, they could sit you up top, Paul. I would, I would call timeout. No, wait, no, no. no. <laughs> So the one guy I will mention, Evan Rothstein, yep. who Matt Patricia brought with him from Detroit, who's on his staff in Detroit. Now, I think he, he called plays, didn't he, briefly, when, like, everybody got yeah. COVID that one season. Yeah, so yeah. He, he was – his title in Detroit was football research, yeah. which is what Ernie's title essentially was. I, for I the, agree. I look at him as more of an analytics guy yes. than what Ernie yes. was. Ernie – it's funny because it was Ernie Lytics, right? Like it wasn't. <laughs> this is like what I'm that. saying. I don't it wasn't. Like it wasn't. Where do you find a guy like that? It wasn't analytics in the sense of like pro football focus, right? But he was still doing the tendencies that he would find by combing through tape and padding yeah. plays and figuring out what teams like to run. It, it is its own form of analytics. It's just the way that Ernie and Bill did it instead of what maybe the term like you know win probability models and fourth down decision making. What it's really become. It, he just knows it automatically. Did you just come up with Ernie Lytics on the spot right here? Have used that oh, before? No. That that's one, an old one. That one's an old one. That's pretty good. That that's pretty good. I like that. <laughs> I, like like that. I would have liked it better if, I, if it was organic. <laughs> 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 no, because I, I have I've had this debate with people in the past that tell me that the Patriots 
don't use analytics. I'm like, what are you talking about? They, of course they do. They just use their own form of it. It's not oh. what we, you know, I think people hear the word analytics and they think of, you know, uh, Staley and the Chargers and the fourth down probabilities yeah, right. and stuff like that. They don't necessarily do it like that. But the Malcolm Butler interception against the Seahawks is their form of analytics, right? They studied their, the red zone tape and were oh, able to come up with careful, the fact that they careful. did that. So oh. that's that's what I that's what I'm talking about when I when yeah, I yeah. say Ernie Lytics is, is some of the things that they were able to yeah. do there. And, yeah. and I think there's a lot of things that are just sort of considered analytics that are just well, don't confuse analytics with scouting. Right. Right. <laughs> right. Like Ernie Adams, and, and I remember this is a hundred years ago. As always, my stories never re- no, never no. revolve around like the last five years. No, you got that's perspective. No like a hundred years ago, Lee Johnson was the punter here, and. I remember he's telling us a story. He's like, you know, I saw him punting in practice. And this, there's this old guy with, the, like, these huge glasses on. He's just, <laughs> he's just watching me kick. And he just keeps watching me every single, single <laughs> kick. And I was like, what is this guy looking at? What is he yeah. doing? That's what Ernie Adams did. He's watching for tendencies. Yeah. You know, where does the ball go? How does it come off his foot? What is the spin like? Is it tough to catch? I think that's one of the reasons why Bill like to have left-footed punters. They felt like it was a little bit more difficult for returners to handle because it wasn't a, a spin that they, they uh, you know, they fielded as often. So little things like that, yeah, that's analytics, but it's it's scouting. It's just, and, yeah. I, and I don't think you can necessarily find that on a spreadsheet. It's it's something that you sort of discern by watching and through experience. Yep. Oh, well, we're continuing uh, to work on kickoffs here. I don't know where this barbecue choke's set up, but I can sure smell it, and uh that's making me very, very hungry. I thought I saw something coming in over here when you guys were down hyping up the crowd. Oh, oh, yes. Yeah. Yep. Whipping them up into a, a lather. Uh, yeah. You know, and, and maybe this is a good time. And there's nothing like the hype train that is juice and TV. <laughs> Wait, Mike, I was literally about to say, what's worse, the barbecue that you're smelling or the Dunkin' that's down at the media tent? Hey, and I, now you're open. I was box. just going to say, I, I think it's the perfect time. Uh, thank you to our friends from Dunkin' today. They provided us with numerous donuts. Uh, we love our friends and it's, at Dunkin'. It's the Forever New England donut. It's right back out just in time for the Patriot season. Uh, and it's, it's a classic. It's the vanilla frosted with sprinkles, guys. I, 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 I think this is an excellent donut. And uh, maybe we could do a taste test a little bit later. I think if this you is want. an excellent donut. Like you said, <laughs> breaking mm, it down. Mm. Good first step. You know, uh, lateral, lateral quickness. Uh, it's going to have a good 40 time right through my system. and out. Oh, oh. <laughs> big hit Another. by Bre- Brendan Schooler. Take him to Schooler. Ooh. Uh-oh. Yeah, no, that's it's like Ray McMillan is involved st- here. It's going to start some. The Brendan Schooler hit on the, on the kick returner was, uh, was a good, good shoulder pop. By Schooler. Yeah, I, I think there was an overreaction on the Patriots sideline down here to, to a block over here. I didn't think that there was anybody upset on, on the block that was downfield. Yeah. Um, but this is where, you know, like, this is what I was talking about in, in West Virginia a couple of years ago. This is the stuff that elicited the, uh, the, the scrums. The country roads take you home. Oh, gosh. There you go. That's right. Tamara got it. <laughs> we, we all got it. We just ignored it. What are we doing? Special teams all the time here. Let's go. <laughs> on your own time, people. <laughs> well, I just did have a bite of the donut, guys. It was excellent, as you would expect all Dunkin' Donuts to be. Did Perf- it have sprinkles or just frosting? Sprinkles. All, however, sprinkles! one of them does have a hole in the middle. The other is more shaped like a jelly, but there's nothing <laughs> in the middle of it. So you're getting some extra as bonus donut. Are you bonus sure? Donut. Did you get to the middle? Oh, somebody's, somebody's knocked out. Ooh. Oh, gosh. Someone's down Somebody's down hard. Mm. Oof. What happened there? Why? Like, I don't understand why the Patriots are so Dietrich mad. Teacher Wise is coming over. Hey, somebody's hurt. 
Yeah. All I, right. I wonder if, if joint practices will be looked at differently. This is like every play, there's, ju there's like jarring back and forth. Yeah. I didn't see who the Patriot player was, but I saw the, the hit. and My guess is, well, there's no flag. Like, they, they've been throwing flags left and right. Yeah. So was, I don't know if it what, was like what a was, blindside hit or something. Was like, it a blindside? Yeah. What, I don't what know. Did, I have no I'm yeah. I have no idea. I didn't see it. Yeah. It looked it looked to me like it, it was a, a blindside hit, but it wasn't an, an illegal blindside hit, if that makes sense. I just don't think the player that is down was, was really looking in that direction, and he, he got popped, obviously. Hard to tell. Cam Acord is in the middle of it, kind of making sure cooler heads prevail. Matt Rule over there as well. Uh, Patriots players making their way back to the sideline, but I'd tell Kendrick Bourne to get out of there after yesterday. Uh, well, we'll let you know uh, who yeah, it was, unfortunately. It looks like he has, he's conscious. His leg is up yeah, now. One, so. Yeah, one leg is up. That leg wasn't up before. Yeah. Yeah. They got him over on his back. That's a good sign. I mean, it's uh, you, you don't want to speculate. I, I came to it late. I just saw him lying on the I, ground. Yeah, it looked like he had been knocked out. I saw him on the ground. He did. He looked like he was he was out. Like he wasn't really wasn't moving much. His legs are moving now, up and down. Um, this Panthers team is chippy. Uh, no question. There's been a lot of there's been might, a lot of might chippiness. Be cheap. I, I don't. I, I mean, I don't want to comment. Yeah, I didn't I see just, the hit, but I just want to step away from like this is all the Panthers. Yeah. Like, that's what I read yesterday. Like somehow this was all the pit. Like no. there was a well, lot of there was a lot of feistiness on the field yesterday. Well, and you had Schooler. I mean, I mean, this is connected to what happened with Schooler a couple plays ago. Yeah, he just. Know? I mean, he just popped the returner, and I didn't have any problem with the hit that Schooler had. By the way. I think that was very similar to what the defensive backs with the Panthers were doing yesterday. Shoulder. It wasn't like this big kill shot. It was just a shoulder. Yeah, and it looks like they're... Uh, player's still down. And, uh, I think he's sitting up now. I still can't figure out who it is. But they're getting started now on some team, uh, team play with the Panthers working in the high red zone. Uh, against the Patriots starting defense. All right, looks like uh, they're going to get him up to his feet. We'll figure out who this is. And McCaffrey would not have gotten Adrian much Phillips. on the edge there. And now we got now yeah, we got uh, something. Christian Wilkerson. This is this is this is done. This I don't is think Christian they're Wilkerson. To, they're not going to be able to continue this practice. Every single play, there's something going on. Going right into the fan oh, section boy. here. This is this is this, this is, is gross. This is ugly. I mean, yep. it, you got to call it like it is. This is ugly. Can you guys get a number down there? Yeah, it was Wilkerson. Wilkerson was the one down who, again, was involved yesterday in the same scrum. And we've got a lot of the team yeah. over near the fans. This was a, a like it looked like just a stretch, a stretch inside handoff to McCaffrey. F, right? Yeah, and Adrian Phillips blew they it up. They and strung him out to the sideline. He maybe Honestly, got maybe got a yard or two. At this point, everyone just do suicides. And clearly, <laughs> we don't want to practice. And all today. of a sudden, everybody uh, everybody was over on the sideline on the Panthers and the Patriots, and like it, like literally, this is ridiculous. There's you know 80. I don't know. 80 out of the 84 guys in the Patriots uniform were over there. I mean, I, I just, every play is, is followed by a, an extended scrum. So this is this ridiculous. Is, Bill getting, Belichick, yeah. Matt Rule together. Uh, looks like they're hashing out whatever's going to happen next. But it's getting to the point where it's counterproductive. Yeah. Yeah, yeah and I, I mean, and, and, and we should say, I mean, Wilkerson walked off under his own power. He's now, you know, sitting down in a... In the golf cart, it looks like they're going to probably take him to the training room. But good sign that he was able to 
yeah. step up and walk out. I mean, you know, just my speculation from what I saw, it just it seemed like he got knocked out and yeah, was he looked on the like ground. He, was, he looked like he was. It was like yeah, something with with a head injury. So a little context on what happened on the return. Kenny Robinson, the player that Wilkerson Again. got it into yesterday, is the one that cleaned out Wilkerson on the return on the play that Wilkerson got knocked out on. So Kenny Robinson must have taken the number and, and came back today and, and had something else to say. Yep. Well, that was the guy that Wilkerson punched yesterday? That was the guy that Ken, Kendrick Bourne Kendrick Bourne punched. <laughs> okay. So we're having the teams now are gathering uh, along the right field separately, um, but... I don't know what else needs to be said that, that probably hadn't been said yesterday or prior to this practice today. It's also extending the practice, which is not ideal. I, I don't mean to. Uh, Dietrich Wise is, looks like he's being sent uh, sent back sent to, to the, the showers. Room, yeah. Which, on the on the hit, um, on the hit on Wilkerson. No, actually, it was the, on the play before that where Schooler knocked over the the return man for the Panthers. Wise was the first one for the Patriots to go all the way across the field yelling at the Panthers' sideline. So he's been really hot uh, for the last 10 minutes or so. And it doesn't surprise me that he was involved on that sideline. This is, I don't know how you can get anything done. I mean, in, in all honesty, I'm not, I'm not one of these guys that, oh, the violence, you know, offends me. Like, it's football. But you're trying to get some practice work in, and I don't see how you can get any work done if you're going to, have a fight after every play. And that was Damien, Damien's point when I talked to him after practice. He was like, I came out here to play football. I came out here to get better, and I can't do that when this is what's happening on the field. Yeah, I would agree with that. Uh, it, it just Like, how are we supposed to see where we're at if we can't even do anything because you guys are fighting? That fight that just happened that now that they are huddling and trying to get control of things, that was just like yesterday. I mean, that was the same general size as yesterday. With both teams running over, and oh yeah. I just at some point, you know, either you got to call it or you got to agree that enough is enough. That we're not going to do this anymore. And it looks like they're going to try to get back to try to get back to the team period that had just started. I don't even think the Patriots' offense had run a play yet. No. I think there was one play that the Panthers' offense ran, and yeah, they're trying to move. Broke, all hell broke loose. Yeah. yeah. And yep. Mr. Kraft down there, too, in the middle of it. So, oh, geez, someone get Mr. Kraft out of there. <laughs> we don't need Protect the franchise. Yeah, we don't need Mr. Kraft <laughs> in, in harm's way. You try not to. Someone's got to sign the check. <laughs> you, you try not to solely blame Carolina, though. Like, this is obviously takes two to tango. Oh, this, yeah, Absolutely. This, yeah, and, and, and maybe Carolina's been the instigator. Yeah. But th this has been enough where both teams have been heavily involved. Yeah. I, I, would, yeah. I would hope that, you know, obviously you have people who are instigators on Twitter. But um, I would hope that the rumors weren't true of, of the Panthers coming out here and trying to seek, air quote, revenge from what happened in the game last year. Like, that's so petty. Huh. What happened in the game last With year? Mac and With Brian Mac. Burns. Well, oh, I don't think so. It's, like, so, so petty. All right, it looks like we're going here, and uh, Mac Jones is uh, yeah, we're back going a little 11 on 11, coming right to towards us. So. The 25-yard line, Patriots offense. Uh, John Smith. Smith. Nice, nice little drag route. Yeah. Uh, on Jeremy Chin. Jeremy too. Chin. Yep. Good player. Nice play by Johnu, who continues to be, you know, involved, featured, however you want to put it. Let's see what the defense does on the other side. Baker Mayfield is in a quarterback for the Panthers, and he's got a wide check open. down wide Jesus. open. I'd like to have a guy a little closer than that. Yeah, that's uh, not ideal. But both teams are working from about the 20-yard line on the two, two fields uh, coming in towards the end zone. Got Aguilar out there with Parker. 
Mac giving a little signal to his outside receiver, which makes me think it's going to be a toss-up, and it is to Aguilar. And, oh, nice catch. I, I think they probably would have given it to him. He punched They're it out a little down. bit late. They, they gave the touchdown to him. So those and slot fades, though, you want to see more of those, right? Like, those are the plays. I, I was watching a great Nick Saban breakdown on Twitter the other day about this, about how, you know, the horizontal space that you have to drop the ball in there versus throwing a fade from a receiver on the sideline. Mm -hmm. it, Alabama loves those plays, and that's exactly what Mac Jones feasted on at Alabama, was throwing, you know, giving the receiver, kind of laying it out there for him and letting him go and get the football. And we've seen a lot of that so far in training camp, and I, I hope that that's now going to be a featured part of this offense. All right, Mac going again here, coming towards us. It's just a little handoff inside, and uh, yeah, a little bit of space there for Damian Harris. He's able to uh, you know, plug out a few yards. Not 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 the worst run play I've seen over the last That's probably three the best. weeks. Yeah, it's probably the best. And now we got the defensive side of the ball going with Baker Mayfield still in Christian McCaffrey next to him. A lot of the top defensive guys for the Patriots in there. They're going every other for us, which is very no, good. Yeah, it was just like yesterday. It was very oh, convenient. Oh, he's tossing it up. Yeah, that was a wing and a good prayer. Job. Good job by Duggar, though. He's yep. got good coverage. Duggar had good coverage. Flat. Looked like Judon was in his face again. Yeah, he just kind of had to lob it up over. It didn't seem like he could really get a good look at the play. It was not on the same page. All right, Mac under center now, back on the other side. Another handoff inside to Stevenson and not much there. That's uh, Matt Ioannidis, who's a Big boy in the middle there, formerly of Washington. and uh, Inside of Cole Strange. The, the, yeah. the under center running game just is still not going anywhere. But then when they, you know, the shotgun run that they yeah. ran a couple plays ago, that actually was successful. Mm -hmm. So still with the spread stuff still looks good and the under center stuff still does not. You, you really wonder, especially we haven't seen really any of the goal line stuff, the, the got to have it moments. Like, you know, where, where are the Patriots at with that? It's just... It doesn't seem like they got a lot of options to go heavy right now, especially with their short on tackles. They don't have a fullback anymore. They don't really have a true blocking tight end. But, you know, just what, what are those short yardage got to have it moments going to look like as, uh, as Max scrambles don't up touch the middle? Him. Don't touch touchdown. Him. Touchdown. Yeah, now, broken play. So, sack, nice play on the defensive field by Jonathan Jones on DJ Moore. Yeah. And come back out and Jones broke on it and was able to get a hand in there and break the pass up. He's actually had some really good moments in coverage against DJ Moore on the outside. So now we got a little uh, Jack Jones here. We got a little run left sweep. by the ooh trip trip tripped over 60 63. Looked like Junon put 63 in the backfield and got him to trip up his own guy. So safe to say Judon's ha is, is, is really kind of coming on lately. I mean, not to say that, that he didn't have a good start to camp, but, I mean, I just I think he continues. He's another guy on defense that just continues Ooh, to make plays. You, the, the pressure has been more prevalent uh, than yesterday so far um, on Mac Jones. Yeah, he had to get through it pretty quick there. Those are the nice plays, though, from him from those muddy pockets that you like to see him get to that check down, mm -hmm. hang in there a little bit, and just keep the play alive. Kind of what you liked about him last year, I felt like. It's just he never – he didn't look like, oh, boy – all around me. All right. Defense going. Look, they've got a little bit of a sub package in there. Barmore. So pretty good set for the uh, the offense there. There was uh, six plays. A little mixed bag, but it started off with a couple of really nice plays to Smith and Aguilar. Mayfield putting it up for, ooh. ooh nice, I don't know if he nice got the catch, second foot he's now. Out. He's out of bounds, but throw up the seam to dj moore who went up and uh and managed to grab it despite uh having two defenders right close to him but he couldn't get the second foot down uh so nice stop there for the patriots defense yeah, and defense has been good out. again 
defense has been yeah. strong again, I would say, um, on the other side over there. Offensively, though, you've mentioned, Paul, the crosser to Janu, then you got the fade ball to Aguilar. I mean, at least yeah. they're, they're pushing the ball down the field. Like, these are not, you yeah. know, little dump offs. Right, the, the dump offs to the running back. Yeah, <laughs> yeah and the I'll, running it, back now, in fairness, I will say that it, it, the ensuing four plays after that probably not as productive as they would like, but I like the start. I like the start for Mac Jones in the offense there. Oh, uh, a, a, a rare blitz by the uh, Panthers and uh, definitely got yeah. home. You can't connect with Kendrick Bourne in the back corner of the end zone. Uh, that's Brian oh, That's Hoyer. our boy, our boy Duke Dawson coming on that. The Duke. Time. That's definitely something you want to see more of today, I the would Duke say. Is the, the Panthers' defense, which is very cool. Oh, great play. Wow. That was amazing. 25. To call the Panthers quarterbacks inaccurate wow. would be a, would be a disgrace to inaccurate quarterbacks wow. everywhere. So that was uh, that was Marcus Jones right Great there. Play on the ball. Great play on the ball. Looked like they had a reception at about the three yard line, but Marcus Jones closed the space quick, got his hand in, and uh, and ripped the ball out to force the incompletion. Uh, nice nice play by the rookie there. I actually think that, that I think that ended up maybe being an interception. Did he? Uh, yeah, he yeah. did have it. I don't yeah. know if the refs ruled if he was. No, in he, yeah. he he picked it off. Yeah. He's, he's been very, very Thank impressive. You, the receiver is wide open, and he's throwing it way to the inside, like for some unknown reason. This is the same stuff we saw from them yesterday. They're going to struggle. The Panthers are going to struggle because their quarterbacks can't throw it where they need to throw it. To be fair, though, Baker Mayfield got here a week before training camp. Yeah, but he's just throwing passes. And that was Darnold anyway. But, like, they're just throwing passes to guys, and they can't throw it to where they need to throw it. <laughs> Can we give Marcus wanna, Jones a little bit go, of love, though? I don't want to go all, all, all <laughs> Panthers.com here, I know, but, but they, but st they stink. I, I would say, <laughs> one, he got here a week before training camp, boy, Kendrick coming Warren. off injury, all, all the things. Still trying to find chemistry, rhythm, like the Patriots office. All right, we're continuing to work here through uh, some of the second groups, I would say. Uh, Brian Hoyer continues to work with Kendrick Bourne, Tyquan Thornton, and Lil Jordan Humphrey with the second group. Uh, you know, maybe a little bit of, of note that, that Lil Jordan's getting a little bit of a, a pump there, uh, not seeing, you know, Trey Nixon in, in that role. That's so bad. Yeah, was another bad play over there. On <laughs> They're the just so bad. The guys Donald. are just, like, standing there five <laughs> yards, and they throw it eight, eight yards to the left and to the right. Can, can, can we just give Marcus Jones a little bit of credit for that play, though? <laughs> for that one? No, not that one. The interception, though. Because he's, he's, he's got Stephen Evan. Sullivan. Yeah. He's six foot five. Marcus Jones is, is, is shorter than five four. Five seven. <laughs> okay, and it was a good play though. He's got a. It's a matchup that is not favorable I, for Marcus Jones. I agree with He's Evan. in the condensed split. He got to take the tight end out in the flat. I'm not taking he's anything away from Marcus Jones, but he threw the ball. To he him. plays a lot bigger than he's listed. All right, <laughs> let me put it to you that way. He's a guy that I is like. You don't have to sell really me on Marcus Jones. I like Marcus Jones. I there think we go. I think he's had an excellent camp. That's all I needed to hear. I think he's he's an athlete, unlike most of the Patriots. He's a good athlete. Yeah, so he's I like him. Oh, he reminds me of a... Unlike most of the Patriots. <laughs> <laughs> I think... I, I think Bill Belichick told you what he thought about the team's athleticism with his draft. Yeah, I think um, Marcus Jones kind of reminds me of a guy like Ty Montgomery who can do a lot of things. So um, I'm looking forward to yeah. see like, how the team uses him. Well, and you're seeing, uh, you know, Sean Wade and, and Justin Bethel getting, you know, some snaps over there with, at the cornerback group, as you mentioned. A little bit thin with, uh, with those two guys landing on IR yesterday. It's a training camp problem. Where, where is... Uh... Oh, here comes Fred. Oh, oh boss man. Hey, there he is. Boss man in the house. 
Freddie, did, you, you, did you settle? A... Did you settle the players down? We got more fights going on, Freddie. <laughs> this is not good. Well, <laughs> Jordan. Well, Jordan. The boss man weighing in Fred. with wondering if joint uh, practices are such a good idea. Someone called in and asked for you. Yeah. Oh, email. Yeah, they emailed. The, the, your fans are, are. Your fans were asking clamoring for you. For you just Fred see Kirsch. the the threat though that Taekwon is when he's on the field, because he's running that route on the boundary, and that corner has the the deep third. And he's just got to stay there because, you know, he can be, go right past him. He's got to yeah. respect it. Little Jordan comes and crosses out from the other side, and he's able to catch the ball. The linebacker's like, where's my help? The help is over on Taekwon because Taekwon's taking the top off. Those are the things we were talking about earlier, Taekwon's role. It's like, how do you take him off the field? Like, when yeah. he can have that type of impact right. on every single, single play, even if he's not catching the football. Yep. So I would yeah. say largely uh, a continuation of yesterday. I think the Patriots have been better in both, both sides. Um, you know, not dominant, but better uh, than, than yeah. Carolina. The Panthers have been able to run the ball a little bit better yeah. in the Patriots Yeah, defense. a couple of nice runs there. Some of, the, some of it's against the, the, the backup defensive yeah. line. When Godshaw's out there, they can't run the ball. Yeah. Hey, he's, he's just been a monster for the Patriots all camp. Looks like we're switching right. to seven on yeah, seven. Yeah, we're going seven on seven, so we got Mac Jones coming towards us. Parker, Aguilar, Myers, Jonu Smith, and Mondre Stevenson in the backfield. I haven't seen J.C. Horn out here for the Panthers. I know they limited him. Yeah, it seemed like, yeah, so. right. We'll check down to Ramondre. Check down and seconds. I think um, yeah. during Rule's press conference <laughs> yesterday, he <laughs> said between, like, 20 and 25 reps for him. Yeah, so he hasn't been out. I haven't really seen eight out here at all, yeah. so he, they might be keeping him out completely. Oh. Well, yeah. you know, and with the chippiness to it, it might not be a bad idea. Mm -hmm. Yeah. we got two-on-two -two drills, which I, I love watching for the linemen. Get those stunts and get to have to pass things off and... Oh, McCaffrey wide open, oh, but he and goes he deep. Tries to go into the end zone, and, and I think, think he was out of, out of bounds. I think he was out of bounds. Oh, no, oh touchdown. they got a touchdown on that one. Not that it's a surprise or really a slight on any Patriot linebacker, but none of these linebackers can cover Christian McCaffrey. Yeah, one no. On one. I, I actually think that one was a coverage breakdown because oh, I didn't think anybody was on him. Yeah, not much there for Mack, and that seven-on-seven seven rep just kind of held it for a while. Yeah, and not, not a big fan of the sacks in seven-on-seven. Seven. Yeah. Although I did elicit my moment of training camp when uh, someone on Twitter said that he does a great job of avoiding the pressure in 7-on-7 seven seven <laughs> and getting the ball out. <laughs> I forget who said it. What I are we doing? I That's to, rude. I what would love doing? to ridicule the person, but I, I can't remember where I, yeah. who, who wrote that. Oof, Cole Strange just whiffed on that one. Brian Burns has been a problem. Yeah, he just went right by him. Not doing a little stunt work, as uh, Evan said. All right, seven on seven's continuing here. Far fields, we've got the, the lines. And oh, nice. Throw. And nice throw by Mac as he raises his arms to Jacoby Myers, who, you know, continues to just be consistent, you know. Catches what's thrown his way, finds the holes in the middle of the defense. So, Ev, you have me um, really looking at Bourne a lot closer, and I, I think you have something because it's almost always Aguilar. Myers mm -hmm. yep. and Parker. I'll say this, when he comes to things like yesterday with the fighting, I, I don't want to speak for him, obviously. He's, but Bill seems to be able to get over stuff like that. Yeah. When you go in the media and you start talking about the playbook and you start talking about the calls and the offense and the system changing before everybody else, that, that perks the ears up. And I, I remember when that came out earlier this summer and I was like, that probably wasn't the best thing oh, yeah. to do. <laughs> no, I, I, he's not gotten as many opportunities 
with those guys as as the other three. It's been Parker, Aguilar, and, yeah. and Myers. And it seems like Thornton's been kind of Thornton gets gets a little he bit. Gets, he gets mixed in now. He's more understandable as a rookie. You would think Bourne would be out well, there more. I think Paul, you might have your new answer for a surprise cut. Yeah, I don't think that's going to happen. I don't know, <laughs> if, I mean, I don't know if he's That's why it would be a surprise. Yeah. I mean, all of us. Exactly. Do you think that's going to happen? No. That's why it would be a surprise. I, I th and I just think that Kendrick, Jesus. we see more uh, of him in games than we do in practice. Like, Yeah, it's definitely it's fair. Yeah. No, and I think, I mean, I, I wasn't oh. really that impressed with him last year in training camp, and I think he, you know, slowly came on. And, and yeah, I wasn't all that impressed you know? with him during the season, no, other some, than a couple yeah. of select games. So he had a great game against Dallas. I mean, didn't that Dallas catch, like, blow you away? I didn't great, expect that at all when he, he like, had, he I mean, maybe that was more a situation. Tennessee, but. I think it was. He had a great game. I think with him, the thing that the, the ball-carrying skills and the explosiveness yeah. with the ball yeah. in his hands was yeah. not an element of a game. His game, I thought, that he mm -hmm. had in, yeah. his, in his bag. Oh, guy just fell down for the Patriots. On that the was jet sweeps? Yeah, yeah jet, sweeps, jet sweeps. You know, handing the ball off to him. A nice catch by Jacoby. One-handed on Jeremy Chin. Yeah, those were the things that with Kendrick that I really didn't think that he had in his toolbox. And then, yeah. you know, Josh McDaniels saying when he has the ball, it's a different energy. It's a different level of, of speed that he runs with it compared to the other guys. Things like that. I, I just, looking at him at San Francisco, I always thought of him as like a, a Mohamed Sanu, like a nice technician guy that could get open, yeah. but wasn't really special. Faster than that, but yeah, I agree. I, I didn't think he was as explosive as he looked at times. But then I was wondering, is that because of what we're looking at overall? Does he look like more explosive comparatively? Yeah, I mean, certainly now that we see Taekwon yeah, every day. Right, so <laughs> now, you know, so here's a good example with Taekwon subbing in for Parker, and, you know, it's still kind of the, the, the top receiving group. So oh, Nice play, uh, knocked away Oof. by, I think, Jonathan Jones. Yeah, good coverage on 84. Yeah, uh, and, and Stephen Sullivan. Good, good play by uh, Jonathan Jones. Yeah, nice, nice play down here too. Uh, Mac was trying to hit Tyquan Thornton on the in cut, and uh, nice job by the Panthers DB stick with him, stayed in his hip, and uh, prevented the completion. I know Paul is. is I missed that one. Who was that last play you said? Uh, it was uh, intended for Thornton. It was yeah. uh, incomplete. I know Paul's been tough on, on the Panthers quarterbacks, and rightfully so, <laughs> but this is a good group of skill players that Carolina oh, I, has. I, I think D.J. Moore and Robbie Anderson, and the, I mean, Robbie oh, there Anderson, you go. I think, is somewhat overrated, but, but D.J. Moore is not. Um, yeah. And the, I think the Patriots' secondary has is, is really yep. put, put the clamps on them. I agree. Baker Mayfield, back to pass. Yeah. Woof. It's, it, it's another accurate throw. I don't know who that was to. Yikes. I won't say anything, but the ball, <laughs> hit, the ball hit the ground about eight yards away from its intended receiver. <laughs> it was like one of those ones where like, it, it was almost intentional grounding because the ball went so <laughs> far beyond the receiver. <laughs> Gilbert threw him so badly. Like, well, I guess there was somebody in there. Uh, Are you but using your eyes or just using the force? <laughs> you got to feel it. Uh, Mac back to pass again on seven on sevens. Is going to the, ooh. Ooh, that was dangerous. Yeah. Yeah, went yeah. for Aglor. Justin Burris looked like he had a uh, chance to make a play on that. Didn't quite connect. Here we go, Baker Mayfield. Experience oh. continues in the check down. And yeah, a lot of check downs. Oh, boy. Mac Wilson. <laughs> Mac Wilson ran so fast <laughs> by that guy, he just fell down. But those are the types of plays from Mac Wilson yeah, that he's continue there. to stand out. It's like yep. he's just there faster than the guys that they've had in those spots in the yep. past couple years. Yeah. He closes in a hurry. Now See. let's hope that he can tackle because he's getting there fast, but he's right. got to get the guy to the ground in games. Hey, but got a little Bailey Zappi. Zappi seven time. Sevens. Yeah. First we've seen to him against the uh, the Panthers. So here you go. It's uh, Now you got Nixon and Bourne. Can you give Bill me Jordan. the backstory on how you, why you say Panthers the way you do? Panthers? 
Me? That's Paul? that's just the Boston accent. Nice, nice throw. throw. <laughs> that was that was my old exaggerated Boston accent. <laughs> Trinix. The Panthers. That's oh. a perfect throw by Bailey Zappi. I wouldn't I wouldn't normally say it like that. Oh, I was like, um, did I miss something? No. No, no, no. No, I, I love the Panthers because that's what <laughs> Holliston was growing up. And when I was a freshman hockey player, I just sat on the bench and watched the cheerleaders doing the Holliston, Panthers. You know, they had the whole team, but it was always Panthers for me. All right, what do we got? Bailey Zappi just dotted one to Trey Nixon up the seam. It was a really impressive throw. He saw the safety coming over and, like, back-shouldered it to him almost to keep it away from the safety, really. Yeah. Every once in a while, he's got some of that that intermediate level seam ball zip that you see from him yeah. is really impressive. Seems like you really see him put his body into it sometimes too. Like there's just sometimes he winds up with a fastball and puts everything he's got into the it. The Ryan Fitzpatrick? Throw. Yeah, exactly. That's a great comp right there. He, Ryan Fitzpatrick's not a bad comp in general. <laughs> yeah, no, just no beard. He needs. I don't think Bailey Zappi's getting to that beard for Good another 20 years. Sean Wade over Sean there Wade, on... Yeah. Uh, I think Kirkwood. Um, Paul and Fred are on the same page for the Panthers QBs. <laughs> is, is Fred, from, from Fred's the grimacing over there. From the shaking there. of the head over here. <laughs> yeah, Fred's grimacing. Oh, what do you think of Sean Wade? Because it, it, he's one of those guys, and this you know the story, Ohio State, much really good player, five-star recruit, and he gets hurt, kind of tails off at the end at OSU, got burned by Devontae Smith a bunch in the national championship game. But he, he's got some talent. I, I know you weren't crazy about him in the preseason game like I, everybody I, I've else seen, I've seen plays here and there. Mm -hmm. I think he's been a little up and down. I think we, we ignore the plays that aren't necessarily as good, I, I think, sometimes. Uh, there's a quick hitter. Uh, I think Wade had back-to-back um, -back, like pass breakups, I think, towards the end of practice yesterday. Yes. Um, two good plays. Yeah, two really good plays. And what I, I think what I enjoyed most, obviously the plays were big, but seeing Jalen Mills just get so excited for him on the sideline, I thought, like, you know, he could really see that he's starting to come around, I think. Uh, obviously, in the game, he had his moments, but I think here in practice, we've seen a lot more out of him. Yeah, I mean, we talk about this a lot with the Patriots, guys like Cameron McGrone, even like a LeBron Ray, just players that were highly touted, had some injuries in college or some tough times in college, but, like, in, a, in an alternate universe, Sean Wade is, like, a top 50 pick in the draft. Mm -hmm. But he ends up falling because of circumstances. And, you know, you never know with those guys. Well, he had a bad year the last year and mm -hmm. no I, yeah. I forget now did he move to slot no so he moved or outside he moved out of yeah. slot from yeah. Yeah. Outside. and he was playing on a bad foot which was part of it but like i said when he went up against bama uh, with justin fields in that ohio state team in the national championship game uh, Devonte smith worked him pretty good in that game right. and, and that was his stock after but that. but i'll tell you that the biggest reason why i'm not overly excited is i think baltimore is one of a handful of teams in the league that that does a really good job with personnel yeah, self-evaluation. And, and, and when you cut, you know, you cut ties with a, a draft pick, I, I think there's a reason for that. And that's a sure. team that had um, some significant depth issues in the secondary. What's with that siren? Do you think that's a pan that's what the Panthers use for a horn? They keep hearing that that weird kind of siren. It's gotta be. Yeah. yeah, I think so. By the way, I gotta just comment again. The barbecue smell is just—it is, oh. is wafting. Freddie, oh. can you get on that yeah. barbecue for us? Get so. a round of barbecue. Round of wings. Actually, I will say, Mike, that sound might work for me for my Law and Order if we weren't there you aren't go. allowed to use. No, the there's only one Law and that, Order sound. That one sounded like a police <laughs> siren almost. Yeah, a little bit, a little bit. <laughs> yeah, I see it. It's just a goldmine of, of Law and Order sound effects for tomorrow. I'm picking up what you're putting down. I guess see it. All right, I think now we're talking some uh, well, special teams. Some special teams. <laughs> 
Mike Whenever you see, excited. you see 22 guys go to the middle of the field, you're like, here we go. Wait a minute, there's Jake Bailey. Uh, all right, well, all right, we got to work on the punt. punt. Yeah, we got, Punters are people, worry, too. It's only 11. We got, we got more. We got at least another team, period. I'm almost and ready for another bite of my donut. Probably another two-minute uh, two at the end. Binocs. <laughs> Freddie needs the binocs. Fred, uh, the what does thy keen eye spy? checking the fans so <laughs> yeah not quite as as, as mad packed as, as yesterday was they did open the ramps today but um but but definitely a good turnout here for the last day and if you didn't make it shame on you it's a great time it's free it's uh something for the kids i think they were probably autographs of the rain. everything yeah well it turned out to be the a great day as, as paul keeps talking about so. great day today. <laughs> i'll let you know when i see the sun <laughs> <laughs> oh there it is yes <laughs> shout out to matt morrell for getting my sound i love it bailey does it seem like the Patriots are really having a hard time getting punts off without getting? I, that one looked close to me. The potential it was a to get blocked last year too. And yep. That's why maybe you you, you, you ask yourself is uh, you know is it Cody Davis secure in that spot? Is it you know is he the problem? Is it? I mean I know last year it was Jakob got got a big blame on on one of those. Uh, blocks. I'm not going to well, pretend to be an expert yeah. on, on this, but I have spoken to people that are experts on these things, like Matt Chatham, who played in that position. Right, can you get? <laughs> and uh, I'll be good. <laughs> and uh, they, they uh, not to call out Chatham, but a lot, a lot of the interior blocking seemed to be the biggest problem, and nothing to do with the protector or yeah. anything like that. Oh, there you go. Now that one was more conventional. Yeah. But Brandon Schooler getting reps here. Yeah. Is interesting because yeah. most of the other guys that are repping. Demarcus Mitchell too. In this group, but yeah, Schooler, Demarcus Mitchell, those are maybe two surprises. But a lot of these other guys you would think, you know, are probably yeah, going to be on the team. Josh Bledsoe, Ronnie Perkins, you know, these are the guys that are on this unit. Harvey uh, Longy. Harvey Longy. And you have yep. a couple of undrafted rookies who have been doing a lot of specifically tailored special mm -hmm. teams work with the veterans in, in Mitchell and Schooler. Well, guys, we're probably teeing it up here for, uh, for some 11-on-11s 11 coming up. So, uh, Matt Morell, why, uh, why don't we take a, a quick break here? And uh, we will be back, hopefully, with some 11-on-11 uh, some 11 11 action. Want to get into the game? Get coached up at Dean College. Equipped with exclusive academic partnerships featuring the Patriots, Revolution, Providence Bruins, Summer Baseball, and more, our classrooms are set up for success by learning directly from the pros. Dean College has programs in communications, sports management, business, and marketing with unprecedented hands-on experiences. Our students take what they learn in the classroom and put it right to work in the marketplace. At Dean College, our students don't just play games, we run them. Visit us at dean.edu. There's no season better than football season. And there's no better place to get in on all of the action than with DraftKings, the official daily fantasy sports partner of the New England Patriots. To add to the thrill, DraftKings has millions of dollars in prizes up for grabs every week. So head to the app now and check it out. If you haven't tried it yet, fantasy football is easy to play. Just pick nine players, stay under the salary cap, and pile up points for yards, touchdowns, receptions, and so much more. There's no better way to put your football knowledge to the test than to compete for a shot at $1 million in total prizes. Download the DraftKings app now and use promo code PATS to get a shot at millions of dollars in total prizes every week. That's promo code PATS to get a shot at millions of dollars in total prizes every week, only at DraftKings. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. In sports, if you think joy only happens after you win, think again. 
Look at the world's most successful athletes like Serena Williams, Brooks Kepka, and Alex Morgan. They don't spend all their days grinding away. They take time to enjoy themselves, like getting together with friends over a Michelob Ultra, because they know that happiness is the key to winning and that joy is the whole game, not just the end game. Michelob Ultra, 95 calories, 2.6 grams of carbs. It's only worth it if you enjoy it. Enjoy responsibly. AB Michelob Ultra Light Beer, St. Louis, Missouri. How did Verizon build the fastest 5G in the world? We started by building it right with 5G Ultra Wideband. Then we gave it massive capacity and near zero lag. And it's not just fast, it's 25 times faster than today's 4G networks. This is 5G built right from the network more people rely on, only on Verizon. 5G Ultra Wideband available only in parts of select cities. Global claim based on open signal independent analysis. 25 times analysis by Ookla's speed test intelligence data Q2 2020. Patriot Place is the region's number one shopping, dining, and entertainment destination. Shop your favorites, including Vineyard Vines, Express, Olympia Sports, Petco, and more. Enjoy dining at one of our 19 restaurants, including Six String Grill and Stage, Scorpion Bar, and Bar Louie. And don't forget about the entertainment. Explore your inner artist at Muse Paint Bar, watch a movie at Showcase Cinema Deluxe, or grab a controller and start gaming at Helix Esports. For a complete directory listing, please visit patriot-place.com. The ruling on the field stands. We deliver jerseys, funny foam fingers, and everything you need for the game. But what you really get is so much more. FedEx delivery. Game day spirit. What we deliver by delivering. Some people are never content with simply being good. Not when they can be great. But it takes a big step to get there. In fact, it takes a leap of faith, a belief in what you're striving toward, and a willingness to make the commitment, day in and day out, to something bigger than yourself. Putnam is proud to partner with those who share their own commitment to performance excellence. This is Matt Light for Putnam Investments, a world of investing. We are patriots, and our standards are a little different. We don't just carry the hopes of a city, but the hopes of an entire region. For us, no uphill battle is ever too high to climb. And our favorite ring is the next one. Our job isn't done until the final down is played. And everyone knows we gave it our all. We the fans march forward with the power to do what it takes. Just like we've done time and time again. We are the home field advantage. Bank of America is proud to be the official bank of the New England Patriots and stand with them as they defy the odds. Copyright 2020, Bank of America Corporation. Live from joint practices with the Carolina Panthers, this is Patriots Unfiltered. All right, welcome back. We are here getting ready. It looks like uh, they're putting the ball on the 12-yard line, and I think we're going to get some 11-on-11 action after a little punt work. So we'll see. Hopefully the uh, tempers flaring is behind us and uh, get some good work. It looks like the Patriots are going to be on defense first. A lot uh, of red zone work today, it seems. Yeah, which, uh, which you know, it tends to be a theme in, in camp. I just feel like as, as I watch more and more training camp practices, it just seems like the – the importance of the red zone. It's hardest down there. There's tight windows. It's where you got to score. It's just a critical part of the game, and they always seem to 
really hit it hard. So, all right, getting ready here. Baker Mayfield back under center. And we'll see what they got. Looks like that might have been offsides. Mayfield scanning the field. Finds McCaffrey in the middle, a little check down. And that that might have been six. McCa they, they lost McCaffrey again on like a, a mesh thing. Crosser, crosser, and then McCaffrey just sat down in the middle of it. Yeah, and yeah he's, a, he's a weapon, that's for sure. Do a little everything. One thing I will note um, when talking to Kristen, their team reporter, she mentioned like, you know, she really wanted to see like, who else they had on offense besides McCaffrey and obviously DJ Moore. She said that's kind of been the highlight of camp, like especially with McCaffrey being out so often last year. It's yeah. like, you know, who do they really have if Chuba. he goes out? I thought Chuba had a couple nice runs yesterday. Yeah. Did he, he get did. kicked out yeah. of practice today? Oh, I don't know. Who? Oh, that's there's a nice your, play. That's a nice boy, play. There's your boy of DJ Moore. DJ Moore. Not Jonathan Jones. Yeah, beating Jonathan Jones in the back of the end zone. Back in crosser. There's some pressure in Baker's face on that one. Yeah. Too, he yeah, he, he actually did a good yeah. job of standing in on that one. And that was probably the best throw I've seen him make in two days. I would agree. <laughs> I would agree. See, you're, you're coming around to my way. <laughs> that was a positive. We're bringing people together here uh, on Patriots Unfiltered live from training camp. Uh, a few substitutions for the Patriots defense. We got Josh Uche in there, our friend LeBron Ray, who uh, – yeah, yeah, interesting to see LeBron Ray get yeah. down here. Continuing to, to flirt with the with the top group. I think they're trying to figure out what they got there as a kind of a hand down defensive end is what I think what we've got him as. Yeah, so this little sub package situation. Yeah, Duggar in the box and McCordy up close and interesting little change in the coverage there. Ooh. Oh, 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 oh. And that now, I, now I have to be fair here. <laughs> I can't put I can't put that one on Mayfield. He just hit twelve in the yeah. face. He wasn't ready for the pass. Kind of jumped up. It almost Shy looked like Patriots could have gotten an interception there for a yeah, second. Shai Smith was open. The ball hit him. Like, right, I mean, that, um, that throw was accurate. Yeah. Can't, as, uh, as Giselle would say, he, he <laughs> can't throw it and catch it too. I thought, I thought it was a little interesting shift, too, that they did where, you know, they dropped Miles Bryant in the slot all of a sudden into off coverage, and then they moved Jonathan Jones on the other side down into man. So, I mean, it's just, you know, you see the, the pre-snap stuff that the Patriots do messing with formation and, you know, after the quarterback – Hikes the ball. They don't know what they're yeah, going to get. This might have been the three best plays the Panthers have run, you know, you know in, in consecutively. Yeah, top group back in here. Godshaw in the middle guy. I'm not sure is that. Yeah, Henry Anderson. Yeah, Henry Anderson with Teacher Kwai. Now that's what Teacher Kwai is getting, getting, yeah. getting yanked, yanked out of practice. So Henry Anderson uh, continues to be the, the, the top option behind them. But, again, you sell the Brian Ray. Uh, and it's, it's always interesting when you get some of those young guys. I think that's like the point to, you know, Sean Wade, Jack Jones, these young cornerbacks. It's such a long-term need for the team. And for, you know, even if Sean Wade isn't setting the world on fire, if he's just good, it might, you know, it really might be worth keeping him around, developing him. It's, it's a position where they've had a lot of turnover the last couple of years. Mayfield play action. That's wow. a pretty good little throw. Wow. Yeah. Found uh, 84. Kyle Duggan See, coverage. This is what happens. When I get really opinionated, <laughs> <and> <laughs> the, they go. the opposite happens. They right you, the Dude. Patriots were dominating until they weren't dominating. Those were that, that stuff that they're running now at Baker. That's a lot of Cleveland stuff. That, who that's was, a lot uh, of that. Who, that's who the caught that? Stuff. Was that 84? I think it was 84, yeah. Stephen Sullivan? Is it Stephen? You might want to look at the depth chart. Stephen. You know, the flip card. Stephen. 
All right, they're down uh, about the three-yard line now. Can't rely. Uh, actually, it's Stefan. <laughs> it is. It's Stefan. Stefan. <laughs> I'm looking at it the right now. The hottest new club in Carolina. <laughs> and a little handoff up the middle to McCaffrey, and he scampers in from the four-yard line. Uh, Some jawing after the play again. Jawing, I think that that's a good. That's a good. You know, cooler heads prevailing. Bill Belichick, Steve Belichick, Gerald Mayo standing over there. Yeah, not the, not a panic button situation, but the run defense today has not been as good as it was yesterday. Mm -hmm. The Panthers have have broken off some runs, and you know McCaffrey's going to eventually find some space and make some plays. That's so what he does. Yeah, that one looked like he probably would have scored it in. All right, they're going again. Goal line again from the about the three yard line. We got I think Chuba Hubbard in there now. Good coverage. Had to throw yeah, it away. Had to throw it away. Yeah, they've been all over those boot plays. Not today. There you go. Nice job, guys. And uh, all right, looks like we're gonna get some Sam Darnold action now. So it's really okay if they if they don't want to do that. Patriots first team offense will have to wait. Um, Mike, that was not Hubbard. Hubbard is oh, it was now gone. Um, so he got tossed. Yes, that was. Deontay Foreman, 33. Okay. Yeah, okay, we know him. Yeah. Love him. Texas. Yeah. So, we know um, him. Hubbard, him Hubbard was tossed with Wise. I'm sure there's a lot of fantasy people out there wondering about. Last seen running for about 300 Deontay. yards against the Patriots. Yeah. Right was that Houston? Tennessee. Tennessee. Yeah. Oh, right. Yep. Get my Foremans mixed up. That was a better. Yeah, I don't think that was. Oh, and, and, and you're going to get a hold. Yeah, I don't, think that was, I don't think that play was going anywhere. Qual is another one who just, you know, pops from time to time. Yeah, when they let him get vertical, when they let him just get up the field and shoot gaps and rush the passer, he's a <laughs> really effective player. Don't, it's don't funny how many players have that. You know, when they let him, when they let him do what he's good at, he's actually yeah, pretty yeah, good. Yeah, don't, don't, don't ask him to two-gap <laughs> and, hold, and you know, build a wall. But like, they make him just stand there and thing, fight guys. Don't worry <laughs> about technique in any way, shape, or form. <laughs> so, yeah, this continues to be a little bit of... I don't want to call it the second team. There's a smattering of starters, but you're getting Mac Wilson, Jelani Tavai, who somehow avoided a major injury last week. I don't know how he's just right back in there. Seems fine, but good for him. Little screen, um, and Foreman can't hold on to it. That falls for nothing. I, I so. missed that play. I'm yelling at my son. <laughs> what is he saying? He thinks Baker. He wants to draft Baker Mayfield in fantasy or try to talk him out of it. Hey, you're making fun of the fantasy guys. <laughs> this time of year, they drive the most oh no. clicks to our website oh no. probably than yeah. any other group. No. So. I'll, I'll say this I'll say this to you probably for the first time. I'm <laughs> saying it to Mike for about the 3,000th time. Don't confuse clicks with good content. <laughs> <laughs> you got to oh yeah, find they, those they gems. Those, those two things are not the same. This is a tough team, though, for the, I mean, the Patriots. And, Evan, you said I think, like, I think they got great two to five. I mean, you know, any you're rolling the dice with any Patriots player, I feel like, this season. Blitz. They got it up. Ooh. Good job. There's Good. a flag thrown. I don't know. What, Delay rough, a game. Roughing the passer. That, that was Terrence Mitchell came up on the 85. Yeah. That's nice, uh, nice stuff. Kind of held his ground, too. Like. Oh. And we're joined by oh, Hardy hello. from 98.5, the sports hub, flagship. See. How's the show going today for you guys, Hardy? TB, that's high. Yeah. <laughs> With this thy keen football I noticed today. Fight. <laughs> Hardy's the best. Uh, Somehow he does what, was it called DJing? What is that? You play like music and talk about it. 
wow. See, another one Ev, of your plays with the, the boots yeah. just, they got it well covered. They yeah, do. No boots. You don't want to cut the field in half against the Patriots secondary. It seems like they have those plays really well covered. Their whole coverage system is, is based off of leverage. So when you have guys that are sitting outside leverage and then you're coming towards, you know, having receivers cut out towards them waiting. into that leverage, they're yeah. just sitting there waiting yeah. for the guy. I mean, there's no, where's they're supposed to go. All right, Darnold, getting another uh, another rep in here. Got your Bill Peppers in the middle of it. Mac Wilson, like seeing those two guys together. Motion, a little toss. Weak yeah, at all. LeBron Ray. Ray. Who's that on the strong side? Yeah, good edge set. LeBron yeah. Ray did that not. That was set up by Ronnie, I bite. believe. It was. Ronnie Perkins. Nice play. Probably one of the few times that I've really seen Ronnie stand out. That was, that was exactly yeah. what they're looking for there on the edge. You know what I thought was interesting? I think it was, I think it was Mike Reese who maybe wrote about, about Ronnie saying, you know, seeing him in the locker room, he's just an absolute Adonis. But when we watch him, he just doesn't seem to have that size from, from you know, on the field. It's just it doesn't really you know, visually translate, but because I think I saw he's like 6'2", 250, something in that range. I mean, he just, I guess he carries it well, but. All right, four down line now. Darnold, quick pass. Oh, he's got that one. Yeah. Nice throw by Darnold. Looks like they beat Marcus, Marcus Jones in Jones. coverage across hmm. the formation, and that looks like that'll do it for the Panthers offense as Mack and the Patriots offense is now going to take the field. Not as crowd getting fired up for some Patriots offense action now, and looks like they're going to start about okay. the twenty yard line. I, I heard the crowd reaction. No. I was like, "Do we have another? No, do we no. have another one." Going? No, Fred's up here now, isn't he? He's, did Fred start the fight? Is that, what, is that what we're hearing? Not as dominant by any means for the Patriots defense today. The, the Panthers have made some plays. Yeah, <laughs> here's Rocco all snark on you. This will be my first snark, Rev. Go ahead, yeah. let it go. It's amazing how different Marcus Jones looked when the pass was to the outside instead of the inside. <laughs> Zing! <laughs> it's not even towards me, poor Marcus. <laughs> poor, I mean, poor Marcus. Yeah. <laughs> all right, two tight ends, and we got a wide zone oh, gotta, right. We, we gotta, oh. I thought that play looked like it had promise it when did. it first started. 25 came in. That's probably a, a decent gain. That, but that, that's yeah, get, been the problem. You, right? get, yeah. you get three or four yards there based on the push. I would, I would yeah. agree with you. See, yeah. I don't always disagree with you. <laughs> but that's the problem that they've been having on the, the zone runs is getting up to that second and yeah. third level right. defender. Just cutting them off. It, they just, the, the point of attack has not been been terrible. It's it's really the the climbs and the, and the combination blocks that they have to work on the interior and, and with the tackles. And they just haven't been able to really get up to that safety or get up to that linebacker to really spring it. So yeah. does that give you concern going to the right side with the athleticism of, you know, say Andrews and on when you being able to get to that second level consistently? Yeah, you know, it's... Uh, I don't like that throwaway. <laughs> nothing there. And I think that's uh, a there's flags all over the place. I don't know what uh, if there's... Intentional grounding? Or? No, I think they... <laughs> I think 25 got called for an illegal contact. Probably. Yeah, that sounds right. For the Panthers, but I think they also have an offensive interference on the page. Oh, an illegal man downfield. There's a lot of, we what got a lot going of stuff on? going on. A lot of laundry on, on the ground here. There's a lot of stuff going on down there. What are we doing? Unfortunately, we don't get the uh, the explanation on the. No. But I think, that would be really I, nice. I thought he was pointing you to 25, and then 25 was pointing the other team. I thought the back judge here uh, was calling an interference on the Patriots. Uh, oh, there's a lot of contact in this point. Oh, my God. How did, did Aguilar catch that? Aguilar just caught a fade in the back corner of the end zone between three Panthers defenders. Team that, rushing over. Jalen Mills, uh, Devontae Parker, that, everybody that tackling. And that was a, that's an incredible catch that, by Aguilar. I don't know how he got this, that one. This pass absolutely should not have been. It's that ill-advised pass. It was coming. I'm like, don't throw that one. 
Uh, but somehow he scooped it up and uh, managed to catch it. Keep throwing him. Yeah, I don't know if you can live on that one. That's an unbelievable catch by Aguilar. That was a great catch. All right. You know, again, that tree is really inconvenient. It's in the way. It's really inconvenient. <laughs> Paul's going to cut that tree down. <laughs> it's just so random, too. Like, what's it doing there? Yeah. yeah. Stupid what tree. We, what got we, no purpose what tree. Doing? Kind of giving shade to the media. <laughs> <laughs> well, inside zone hand out there. Not much for Ramondre Stevenson. Certainly not the, the kind of hole that the, the Panthers were seeing out of their run game earlier. But Yeah, nothing on that one. Um, I want to try to see if they can get something going on some of these. You know, you're getting a little bit lower in the red zone here. I, I'd like to see them open a hole yeah. in the running yeah. game. We yep. haven't really seen very many of those. Yeah, about the 11-yard you know, line a, now. As opposed to spreading them out and then running an inside draw that, you know, you catch the other team, you know, in a bad personnel situation. I'd like to see them line up and, and open a hole. Back under center. A toss. Oof. It's a nice play. By the corner to jump inside yeah. the trend. Yeah. yeah. Corner turned him inside. There was another guy there to make a play. And, you know, Stevenson's a tough guy to bring down. I'm not saying that would have been a loss or anything because I think Stevenson might have been able to break a tackle there. But there's a lot of lot of blue shirts around the ball. Yeah. That's all you can do if Trent pulls out like that. You just kind of <laughs> get it around, slip it. You know, you're not going to oh. take him head on. So. Yeah, Trent was standing in front of me and Fred yesterday during the James White ceremony, and we, uh, we had to have security ask him to, to get the hell out of the way, but that didn't go so well. Now, he ended up sitting with Fred during it. It's just a giant. All right, back from the four. Shotgun. One, two, nothing. Oh, boy. Nice job switching that off by Carolina's secondary. That's a uh, yeah, nothing open there. That's a sack. Um, yeah, good job by the Pan Panthers. have been better, I think, defensively today than they were yesterday. Yep. Uh, not as many guys completely uncovered. Yeah, I think a little bit, uh, you know, a little bit like what we've seen earlier this summer in that, you know, seven on sevens maybe looks a little bit more crisp in the passing game, but just not, not a lot going in the running game, not a lot of big holes, not a lot of easy carries for the running backs. And yeah. Carolina's buzzing a little bit. Yadnik just continues to uh, – could just be in there. The lion's share of the work at, at right tackle with, yep. with Wynn out and Haran not dressed. Asi Asi. We're going from about the three now. Mac in the shotgun. I'm smelling Asi Asi on the back line <laughs> of the end zone. Uh, they're going to nope. roll right. Out. Yeah. No. Ooh, I don't think they would have gotten in, but that was a. But, you know, good. Yeah. Good pitching. Ty Montgomery caught it. Continues to be active. Draft him in your fantasy you team. Know, unless, that You're happened, welcome. unless that happened to be third or fourth down. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that'll do it for Mac in the offense. So yeah, not a yeah, not not as a stellar as, session. Not as good as the last set of 11s, I thought. But Zappy's going to get this uh, this chance here too. Yeah, Zappy yeah. coming in. I know that there's value to this for them, obviously, to work so much in the red zone. But there's just no space to do anything. And it's like if you don't, you have like you go into the game and you probably have like five good red zone and calls. The and the Patriots don't want to give away all their picks, right. all their picks <laughs> in the practice. And, and then you you, you you call them, and then like everything else is just covered. You know, it's yeah. like really, what are we doing? Oh, Thornton. Uh, there's another sack. Oh boy. Yeah. Oh, 29. Dropped it. Jackie Smith, Duke Dawson, sickest man in America. <laughs> these plays are different though these high red zone plays I, the Patriots need to be yeah. better I mean this is Zappy right now but in general the offense could really be better this season I think from this field position and avoid some of the inside the five inside the ten yeah. stuff well that's why it's like 
Why we got? Why we got? See the other part of it Thornton too on, on the practice field. Like Damian Harris had 15 touchdowns last year. Yeah. So you're not really. They're not lining up and pounding away inside the five here. You know, to your point, Ev, they're trying to like condense it through, you know, really tight spaces, almost exclusively in the passing game. Yeah. Which is hard to do, and I think the defense knows that too. Yeah. Yeah, I remember last year in Philadelphia, and I think maybe Bill said uh, yesterday that they weren't going to do any real goal line, right? Right. You know, balls at the one-yard line pounded in. But last year in Philadelphia in those joint practices, they did a lot of goal line work in that that type of situational stuff. So I wonder if maybe next week against the Raiders is they're going to get into more of that kind of stuff. But like you said, Paul, at the end of the day, Damian Harris off of Trent Brown's Left or right <laughs> shoulder, right. like that's going to be tough to stop. I like his nice little jump cut yeah. by Montgomery. I, yeah. I like the Patriots' ability to run the ball into the end zone from inside the five. Yeah, I think they've been pretty successful with that the last few years. Yeah, but I think it's worth questioning what's it, you know, what's it look like without a fullback, or you know, that's it's probably going to look something different in that short yardage stuff. I just think that's the easiest call in the NFL: run behind seventy-seven and just let him let yeah, him do the right. work. <laughs> See that giant person? Yeah, <laughs> run behind him. All right, so Zappy's about at the uh, seven-yard line as he uh, continues to work here. I'd look for Tyquan Thornton here. Yeah, he's at the Thornton. bottom of the formation. Thornton, a little whip route and little. Little Jordan, Jordan dropped it. Little yeah. Jordan dropped it. I couldn't it. see. That throw was a little completely, behind him, too. but it looked behind him. We got yeah, a flag. The tree was in the Flag way. on the play. Yeah, it was on the defense, apparently. Where? Yeah, the, the side. Ch- the tree's blocking you again, Paul. That tree is getting you again. I can't the, see. The tree might have blocked a little dumb, bit of interference. Dumb tree. Um, with, in any regard, the throw was to the wrong side. It's a little Mayfield-esque. <laughs> yeah, I, I just I just continue to feel like <laughs> that was for you, TV. I like that. Montgomery just he he just has a different level of comfort. I feel like with this run game right now. I don't know. Maybe I'm crazy, but I feel like some of his carries he just looks comfortable with what's coming at him and what's there. Do you like him more in the run game or the passing game? The pass game, but I, I just I think he has more of an ability to to oh. maybe fit what they're doing. Oh, nice run wise, nice play by 23. That was a break up on Stanley Thomas Oliver. Is that Hammond? Stantley. Stantley? There's a T in there? Stant. Who was the uh, intended receiver there? Uh, I think it was, I, I want to say it was 80, I believe. Yeah, I think it was 80 well, as well. Josh Hammond. Definitely uh, saw an 8. So, that'll, so probably we're, uh, extent, that'll probably be the extent of my analysis of that play. Yeah, it looks like we're kicking field goals. I don't, know if, uh, I don't know if this is if, were, if we're calling this a day here with field goals at the end or if they'll get I back into it. But I'm going to guess more. you're going to get field goals and then maybe a, maybe a two-minute like yesterday. Yeah. But yeah. I don't know. I mean, we'll see how long Yesterday it just went on and on and on and on after it seemed like it was coming to a... Now, guys, question. Does anybody think that we got Tristan Viscay, you know, getting ready to kick it? Have we seen anything to make you think that, that Nick Folk might be in an actual competition with, uh, with Tristan Viscay? I, I, I really haven't. Um, no. I think Focus looks as consistent as he's been as a Patriot yeah. in, the, in the camp. It's got that dad energy. Yesterday when they, they released Julian, it was like, are they going to release Julian or are they going to release the backup kicker? Like one, one of those yeah. guys is, is going to go at some point, you know, with, with the situations in front of them. And Well, congratulations to Jake Bailey for winning the punt battle. That was, uh, I, I, I squeaked some, it out. I saw some things uh, out there that were like, 
uh, you know, from Thursday night, like, oh, update on the Patriots punter battle. It's like, what punter <laughs> battle? Like, there, there was no punter battle. Once you, what, <laughs> there, once, what you're talking about. Once Jake Bailey signed his extension, yeah. there was no more battle. I need that, like, that gif of two kittens, like, hitting each I, other. I will ask you guys, um, if, I, if I'm misreading the, the roster, they, they let go of three guys. So, like, did that get them down to 84? I think so James there. White's technically not on the reserve list yet. Okay. They haven't made that move so for whatever so reason. So he's the 85th guy. Yeah, okay. he's the 85th guy All right. right now. All right, so I did not misread the schedule. I mean, the roster. Because I thought they had 87, and then they let go of three guys yesterday. There, There's something to do, and this gets into the cap minutia and stuff yeah, like that, but absolutely. there's some sort of bonus that James White has on his deal that might might end up being a little bit of a, a parting grift gift from Mr. Kraft and, and Belichick. Sure. Yep. So I, I think that that might be an element of why he's not on the reserve retired list. He's just not participating. Technically, yeah. right now, he's on the active roster. And, Deuce, you asked about the kicker thing, and I think Evan and I both agree yeah. you know, that folk looks solid. Yeah. I will say this guy, Eno, has, has made his kicks. Yeah. yeah. It's not like he's out here like uh, Rollwasser a couple of years ago. Oh, right. Oof. You know, who couldn't. You know, really walk. He game, couldn't really walk. The game that couldn't shoot straight. <laughs> I thought Julian punted the ball pretty well too, and you know you think about injuries do happen to specialists, and having these guys and getting extended looks is right. uh, this time of year is good, and maybe well, it, somebody ends up back on the practice squad as, oh a, yeah. as a. I'm good. I just put the kibosh on him. <laughs> this guy Did he just, just, do just, just hooked, that one? hooked one from 48 yards. Yeah, and announcers jinx. I yeah. guess I guess my only thing with Folk is uh, you know, and he's been great i mean he's had his career has been resurgent here in new england i it's just you wonder and i know paul it's 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 neither here nor there for you is you know just do you get ahead of the curve do you have those few games where you're like "Uh uh-oh nick folk lost it finally you know do you do do you have impactful games where he's missing kicks before you make the move correct you know that that that's the only thing to to maybe consider but i mean overall he's been just a shock i mean when he got here he was kind of a punchline after some of those you know, misses that he had early in his yeah. career, the Tampa Bay thing. I mean, um, goes and plays uh, in the AAF for whatever cr- it was. Crazy, right? crazy. Uh, yeah. And then he comes back and he, like, can't miss. I yeah. will say Vizcaino, uh, you know, bounced back and made a 53-yarder to close it out. There we go. So he's got some leg. It's yep. that, but the Nick Folk story, I know it's a kicker and you can't get people too jazzed up about kickers, but it is really crazy. He wasn't even this good. In his first right. NFL right. stint, like right. he, this his, is the best yeah. kicking he's done in his, his whole career. And, and, yeah. he's yeah. Been, and he's been a good kicker for a long time. This is the most consistent he's been. Absolutely, in his career. yeah. I mean, now he's he's nails. I mean, making fifty plus yarders to win games and things I, like that. It's it's. And I made a, I made a comment earlier when we were talking about kickers, and I said like the difference between the best and the worst. A team can absolutely get derailed by a guy who has that. Like every year, there's a kicker who has just Lose an it. awful year. Oh yeah. yeah, I mean, I mean, and you can Bears get, fans can and, talk and, about and that. You can get derailed by by the guy, but I think for the most part, if you look back, there's 25 guys that make like 85 percent of right. the kicks, and you know, there's a Justin Tucker who separates himself from the rest. Um, but you, if you get that guy in that year where he misses a bunch of kicks, that can kill a team. Oh Absolutely yeah, kill a the team. Chargers right. over the years have had a lot of kicking issues recently yeah. as well. So we're on to 11 oh, on 11s as uh, Jalen Mills underneath DJ Moore for a wow. pick. Wow, nice play, Jalen Mills. He's uh oh, and he punts oh the ball. I don't All know right, uh, that, that, that might be a little bit too much there, Jalen. Oh, he uh, punted it right to the ball boy. Though. <laughs> I gotta, that was that was impressive. I'm not even mad at you. Uh, again, when I mean, we talked about him a bunch earlier in the show, he just is uh, continuing his strong practice and. Uh, 
jawing a little bit on the, I don't know if he's jawing. This was one of the Evan plays, Chatting. too, where that time I did think there was some pressure caused him to pull the ball down a little bit, yeah. Darnold, yeah. and then the timing was all off. Anytime you got a time, oh, wait a minute. We got it. the referee blowing the play dead here. I don't know oh. what's going on. 12 men in the huddle. What's going on? The best. I think he's, I think they're saying it was incomplete. Yeah. Is what they were saying. The but. best stretch of cornerback play I have ever seen was Stephon Gilmore's 2019 training camp. He had pract whole practices where he was just shutting guys out, like zero catches, zero yards. And, and, that's, and that's not easy to do against that receiving court. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but even in joint practices and stuff like I that, he was doing it I too. Fall with that one. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Hey, that was my line. <laughs> Disregard the blood, blood coming down my chin. <laughs> I'm not saying Jalen Mills yeah. has been on that level by any means, yeah. but it's oh. been yeah, impressive. That's another good coverage, though. He's yeah. stride for stride. Yep. Although DJ Moore looks like he's upset. It's like I, I want to buy this. I want to buy on Jalen Mills being really good. I just, like, until we get to real games, I'm not ready to, to, to pound the table you. on anything with the defense. Like, and, and, and it's no offense to them. It's as much just about how grueling the schedule is, how many challenges there are. How many answers have they had for Tua and the RPOs and all that stuff from Miami? Not much. So it's just it needs to be better than, than it's been. So until that point, I'm not going to really start well, You know how start I usually am, unlike you guys. I usually look at the bright side. And <laughs> you guys are always worried about what's going to happen next. It's okay. That's right. Just try to live in the moment, right, Paul? That's no, I, I, I mean, you guys are absolutely right. Um, the, the defense has a lot to prove. Let's just leave it at yeah. that. You know? I mean, I like what they're doing, and it's certainly encouraging, and I'd much rather have that. You know, then then the offense going up and down the field on them, and them getting no pressure, and you know what, do offense doing what they want. But you know, it's it's been a good camp for them. But these guys like Jennings are going to have to play in these big games and, and make plays. Yeah, see now. It, yeah, that was a. That was very similar to the first play, only the timing was was right and DJ Moore. Good pocket too. Three, yeah. yeah, the timing was 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 not affected by the rush, and the separation was there for Moore. Yeah, so we're seeing Sean Wade out here getting a little run, too, with, with this. Uh, I mean, I don't know if you call him the top offense. Josh Bledsoe's out there, too. So, I mean, there's certainly some, some other faces in there working. But, you know, they continue to rotate guys through and, and get guys experienced at the top group. You're seeing Jonathan Jones play some safety right now. Isn't it so funny how you see these two-minute drills work all the time? And sometimes that first play is all you need, and then all of a sudden yeah. you get in a rhythm. The yeah. drive starter. Yeah. You know, the, the first two plays for this drive were terrible for the Panthers, and now all of a sudden – you got guys creating some separation, you know. And, and Mike is right. It's not. It's it's not all front line guys out there. Um, and, I, and I see they're throwing the ball a lot to uh, number twelve. Is that uh, Shy Smith from yeah. Carolina? Yeah. Okay. So we'll see where, where that, he factors in. He was another guy that day three Patriots yep. slot receiver target that oh. was hot on yep. a lot of people's radar. Yep. Yeah, but, I mean, you got McCourty and Adrian Phillips out here. Sean Wade, Jalen Mills. Ooh, bad throw, nice catch. I do think with Mills, though, because we've seen in the past when the Patriots don't have, like, a dominant shutdown corner like a Gilmore or Revis or Ty Law, that Belichick will put the, his de facto number one on their number two and then maybe bracket yeah. the number one receiver or yep. something like that. Yep. And what we've seen from... Mills and Camp, I think at least gives you enough optimism that they could run with that game plan this season where they're able to, you know, be trusting Jalen Mills to take Robbie Anderson, let's say, if there is, this was an actual game against Carolina on an island when they have a bracket or a guy over the top of DJ Moore. I would put him very high on the list of important guys to not get hurt. Yeah. 
Jalen Mills. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, definitely important player. Like when they play Buffalo, like you put Jalen Mills on Gabe Davis and then you double digs and that's that's your game plan and, and maybe they can get get away Hunt. with that. <laughs> oh, nice throw. That was a good play. Yeah. And, and again, a really good pocket to work yeah. with. So, so this is a live situation. The Panthers completed pass down to the 12. Darnold rushing to the line. This is the stuff. Sam Darnold experience <laughs> though, right? When there's a clean pocket and he can just sit there and make throws like he's in his backyard, he actually oh, nice catch. throws the ball Gosh. pretty well. Uh, Sean Wade just got lost on that play. Yeah. Nice, nice catch. Is that uh, 83? Yeah, it was like Wade had his back to the quarterback, just kind of blanking in his guy in the back of the end zone, and, and Darnold just fired it and was able to complete the pass, I guess, right over yeah, Wade's he, shoulder. He was right there. He just didn't know the ball was coming. Yeah. Patriots sideline was upset about something. I think some of the players were looking over there to see what was going on. Now All right, well. Get Mac. So nice little drive there for the Panthers. I mean, uh, after all the talk of defensive dominance yesterday, uh, the Panthers showing a little bit of ability here in these final drills to, to move the ball and uh, end it with a score. So that's good for them. Now we'll see what Mack and the Patriots offense have as they get ready. So they're starting about from uh, about the, the, the 39. Do you ever 39? wonder like, why yeah. they like right. throw it on the 39? <laughs> it's wherever the ball lands. All right, Aguilar motion into the slot. Ooh, and oh, Mac is pressure right away. Yeah. Yeah. Completes, completes it on the run to, to Aguilar as he's coming across, but that might have been a sack. Quick pressure. Looked like it was Cole Strange again. And Bourne making his uh, Bourne coming in for Parker now. I so was he continues to, you know, now he's 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 definitely seeing some time here with his top unit. Yeah, see now this is I, I'd like to see this for Bourne because we haven't yeah. today we haven't seen a lot of these kinds of opportunities. Mack in the shotgun. Looks like he's got Ty Montgomery. That's that's a good throw. Yep, absolutely is a good play. Yep. So nice little was a comeback, I think, to, to Aguilar along the left sideline. Mack, some good juice on it, getting it in there. Nice completion. Aguilar gets out of bounds. Good practice so far from Aguilar. He's a, he's made quite a few plays. Yeah, I, I feel I've gotten a lot of uh, a lot of heat. I, I feel like he's been really good. In yeah, camp. yeah. I can't understand any of the feelings of, of trading him or moving on from him at this stage. Jacoby, oh, that that's J.C. Horn though. Jacoby, uh, yeah, he's been out there in these these teams. I think they just saved him for the end of practice. Where's he playing? So they they're playing him in the slot, huh? A little bit. That's interesting. He's got some Jalen Ramsey in him. Yeah, sure. Um, we, we, I mean, me and Paul were, we were big fans of his. Oh Mac, yeah, he's a stud. Mac chucks it. Mac, Mac immediately pointing to Jonu Smith, saying that, that I was, I, I threw it at his feet. Yeah, I mean, you know, obviously, I mean, you drafted Mac. You can't, you can't blame him for that. But, I mean, I think at that time though, you were looking at. I mean, we were reading the writing on the wall with Gilmore, with with J.C. Jackson. Oh, oh so yeah, plus he was, he was long gone. And it was like. Yeah. He was they need they need a young, talented, yeah. number one man kind of a guy if they want to continue to do what they've been doing. And uh, you know, again, I mean, they went with the quarterback. It's hard to, to to say that that was the wrong choice, but certainly, you imagine a guy like J.C. Horner. At least his potential coming out in this defense would be. Uh, uh, Panthers definitely getting definitely getting much much more pressure today than they did yesterday. Yeah. Yeah, I, I love J.C. Horn coming out. I had Patrick Sertan ahead of him, but yeah, we both we both like Sertan better. That's but that's not you know Sertan is liked, just we like Torn. Yeah, great player too. Looks like Matt going to the sideline. Would he call a timeout? 
Yeah, he spiked it. And it looks like Matt Patricia uh, got a big play card, so it seems like he's the one calling these plays on the walkie-talkie. Yeah. For those who are interested. The the line play, though, today, that the, these pockets have not been, been pretty mm -hmm. for Matt during these, these team drills. I agree. Yeah, noticing James Ferentz getting some run, too. David Andrews seems like he's a... Uh, he was hobbled after yeah, one, one rep. Another roll right. They, they moved the pocket. That's they, a... Something went wrong there. What was that? Oh, we got a flag on the other side. Mac not happy. False we got start, a too. False start Oof. on the Patriots or a legal procedure of some sort. All right. Whenever you see two receivers end up in the exact same spot, you know that yeah. something went wrong. I didn't know what, what Parker was doing. I mean, Parker just kind of stopped and stood there. Yeah, it seemed like Thornton was expecting Parker to go up the field and clean out the sideline and yeah. just yeah. fill in underneath it, but that never happened. And as usual, I will tell you, as the quarterback apologist, that it looks like Parker wasn't on the right spot there because the quarterback generally throws the ball where he's supposed to. Yeah. But, yeah, something didn't look right on that play. He got Montgomery now uh, in the backfield, too, in some of these two-minute drills. Yeah, and the pocket, pocket is just... That pocket was definitely collapsing. I will say that, you know, the pocket's not been great, and you want to give that, that caveat, but some of these throws, like Johnny's open there. And because he can't step all the way into it yep. and, and really let it go because of the pocket collapsing, it just doesn't get there. And, and those are the things that you do worry about sometimes with Mac is when his feet aren't set and he can't really step up into the throw and he's got to just kind of be all arm. It, the ball doesn't always get there. And, and that play there, that could have been a, a nice completion if he's got some more air under that to get it to Johnny. I agree. And, uh, this is definitely uh, a ragged two-minute drill for the Patriots. They've moved the ball uh, to the nine-yard line, but not by because way of, the of yeah, not by way of any completions. And a touchdown for Parker on a little hook. Yeah, kind of sat right in a little open spot, yeah. soft spot. Nice throw by Mac. Got it out quick. Aguilar in there for the celebration. So they're working on that too. That was by far the best play that they run in that. Uh, that series of plays. Yeah. yeah. Not, that's just Mac, right? I mean, finding the whole. It's tough with, it in there. with Parker, especially in this down and distance, because you got to protect the fade. And he's it just kind of breaks it off there and sits down in that, that soft spot. And he's been open a lot on that, that exact route. And he should be able to use his body to create some. Right. Create some space for himself. Now the ball is at the two, I think. I don't know if they'll consider, yeah, two, two yards. Yeah, Mac and the shotgun. I wonder if this is considered a two-point play, or it's probably the last play. They're going for play. the win. It's probably They're the going. last play of the two-minute drill. I don't like the sprint outs, although this one worked. Yeah, yeah he like got in. Did, yeah. yeah, he got in. That was Ty Montgomery again. So the last two plays, uh, something to build on. For, yeah. the, uh, for that two-minute drill. I think we'll probably get uh, Mayfield and, you know, I guess Zappy if the way that the rest of the practice has gone before we call it a day here. Yeah. yeah. We had a flag on the other side of the field on that play. I don't know what it was. I think in general, these last two days, the timing for Mac has been better, and some of the downfield throws he's made have been have been good. I just think that the the protection is still a work in progress, and I, I, a lot of the times, like we were talking about just a few minutes ago, 
when the protection is not clean and the pocket is not not really good for him, pushing the football down the field at that point is is becomes problematic. And I get that that's true for a lot of quarterbacks, but right. you just would like to see a little bit more zip on the ball when he does have pressure at his feet. All right, Mayfield going now. It's a good route. Good timing off the sideline. Come back. Yeah, Justin Bezel playing outside corner. Yep. A training camp experience. <laughs> Bayfield. Oh, he's got him one. That's a good throw. Um, I think I he might think have he been got out. it. Uh, no, out. Referee says yeah. out. Yeah, that was a pretty good throw, though. Just a little late. But we're getting in the proportion now. You don't, you don't know how much things got delayed because of the fight. We're yeah, going. it's going to be this set, and then the Patriots will get a set, and that'll be that's the way yeah. it went yesterday. There was two, two each, two two-minute drills each, for the uh, offenses to close it out. Well, guys, I don't want to I don't want to wrap it up early, uh, but I would like to start maybe just talking generally about training camp and you know what we've seen over the last few weeks. Um, we've learned some things. Certainly, I think there's some other questions we have. Uh, I'll start with you, Evan. What you know. What, what are your headline takeaways from, from what you saw here in, in training camp at, at Gillette Stadium? I think the biggest thing for me is Mac and, and just the general, you know, you hear all the off-season stuff about he's in the weight room, he's with Tom House, he's making all these strides. And I'm not saying he necessarily hasn't done that. And maybe it is just the things around him that are going on. But just evaluating the passing offense as a whole, it, it's – been better in spurts in these two joint practices with Carolina, but there's still a lot of pressure on the quarterback, and I wouldn't say that there's a, a ton of instances yet where there's wide open receivers or schemed open guys, and maybe we'll get into that once the game planning and some of the more creative stuff gets going, but I, I would have just, I was hoping to come into this camp and see Mac really take take it by storm, you know, and, and really kind of turn that corner into like a, a you know top 10, fringe top 10 type quarterback and I don't know if I've necessarily seen that, but it has been better the last couple of days. And I think defensively, they at least look like they have the ability uh, to hang on defense. And I, you know, we'll see. Like you yeah. keep saying, Mike, like we'll see when they get to get against Buffalo and mm -hmm. maybe even Miami in Week One if if that's true. But I think they have enough on defense that that with Belichick's you know ability to to game plan and scheme and things like that that they'll be able to piece together a a pretty good defense. And we always seem to look up at the end of the day, and they're like a top 10 scoring defense, regardless right. of yeah. the guys that are right. running out there. Yeah, and it yeah. feels like another year like that. <laughs> yeah, the, the numbers will tell you something. Uh, they were top top 10 in both last year. I don't, yeah. And I don't think they were very good in either. Uh-oh. Uh There's a bad, uh, yeah, Jack Jones jumping another route there. Yeah. That's, that's, that's been a common occurrence in, in uh, 19, got, got by him. But, you know, Baker Mayfield's the quarterback, so it didn't, he really, takes some it chances, didn't really matter. He takes some chances, Jack Jones. Yep. I think he's he's gonna learn at some point that he's gonna get burned by it one time, and that might be yeah. might be the end of it. Yeah, um, I, I, my, my my take. Go ahead, Mike, yeah, please. Uh, you know, I, I'm uh, Tyquan Thornton. Yeah, I, I think has a positive takeaway. He, yeah, he's exceeded my expectations. Yeah. I yeah, thought he would absolutely. be sort of a red shirt kind of a season. I think there's a chance that he's more than that. I think um, I, I worry about his size. I'm not, uh, you know, I, I I'm not ignoring. The limitations the physical limitations he's a speed guy i've heard a lot of people say he's much more than that. no he's a speed guy that's what he is but he creates space with the speed and he creates space 
I think, at times for others with mm -hmm. his speed. So I've really been uh, encouraged by him, and I think he's got a chance to be a, a, a real contributor on offense. And I think they need that kind of a playmaker um, if the offense is going to take any kind of significant steps forward. I do. I don't look. He's not Julian Edelman. He's not Wes Welker. He's not going to break down the route or anything like that. But he has enough at the top of the route with his movements that when he does come off the line vertically and, and pushes the coverage upfield, that he can break inside the defense on a dig route or or like a, a skinny post or something like that. And and that's all you need when you're that fast, right? You just need something that you can run underneath the defense consistently to have them respect that, and then you can take the top off once they crowd the line a little bit more on you I, I don't think that he's like this like refined route runner but his ability to get in and out of the break has been a lot better than I expected it would be based off of what we saw at Baylor yeah for me I, I, I just want to highlight a couple guys on defense because I mean I, I, I have been impressed with the the defensive performance overall just the energy that they've been bringing and, and you know some of the big plays that they that they've made I think got overshadowed a little bit early in camp with the offense making a couple last plays even though the defense dominated but you know, Amphrey Jennings is, is just somebody that I think was really under the radar and, and you know, has suddenly been, you know, talked so much about somebody's got to emerge from Perkins, Uche, Jennings. Um, and I think, and I think you know, so far Jennings has shown that, that he could potentially be a, an impact player on multiple downs. Um, we'll, see, we'll see how it looks in, in real football. I mean, I, I, he did get his feet wet in 2020. I think he was a little bit out of position. But, uh, and I'd also throw, you know, Peppers. I mentioned him yesterday. He's only been out here a few days, but... He just looks involved. He looks engaged. He's, I mean, watching him right now, direct guys. Um, I'm just really interested to see what he brings to the defense, how they incorporate him, uh, along with, you know, as Evan had pointed out, Mac Wilson, Raekwon McMillan, those kind of new faces that, you know, are they going to change the defense? Are they going to, uh, you know, get that taste of the Buffalo game out of our mouth and, you know, maybe go down there to Miami and in Pittsburgh and, you know, turn in some performances that make you say, all right, that was, you know, that, that how they finished last year isn't the same defense. This is a different defense. We've got some new energy, some new pieces in here um, that might be able to change the dynamic a little bit. So Panthers are uh, wrapping up their, their offensive snaps, and it looks like Bailey Zappi is coming on for, uh, for the Patriots, and uh, this might be the final set of uh, reps for yeah, this practice. My guess is you'll get 10 more plays, and... And when we're done, we'll go home. And then, well, that's well, a, that's well, the, well, I never right. told you that. Like, <laughs> you need part to of your job training. When you're done, <laughs> you go home. It's an old Boston Herald saying. When I, when I was training for the Herald, doing like agate stuff, so the guy who's training me is telling me, "Well, you send down like the uh, the American League batting leaders, you know, AL, NL leaders. You know, you get that, you know, fill it, uh, you know, and then when you get the last box score, and you, when you're done, you go home." <laughs> I was like, "Okay." It's really a philosophy we live by here. Just, you know, when you're done, you go home. Lil Jordan, nice uh, nice catch there. Connection from Zappi. Nice little there. Vertical now. clear out, corner yeah. route, fills in. You mentioned Anthony Jennings, though, Mike. Mm -hmm. I think what stood out about him the most is that it's in team. It, it's not, yeah, like, sure. I, I think a lot of times, like, we get caught up in, like, the one-on-one -on -one stuff and, like, not to like pick on Josh Uche, but he sometimes looks great in one-on-ones where he just blows by guys at, at uh, you know off the edge there, rushing on the tackles and things like that. But Jennings has held his own in 11-on-11s, which like definitely perks my ears up a little bit more. It, that's like okay, that's legitimate football now yeah. that that he's out there and and playing well. And so we'll see. I mean, yeah, I, I think that that's one player that if he has kind of just even if he's just reliable on, on the edge and allows them to have one uh, other reliable edge setter that that will go a long way yeah that's i mean does oh. he get 
We got an interception there. Looks like it may be off the hands of Asi. Asi, no, perhaps? I think I they were just not on the, on the same page. Asi yeah, Asi turned and looked. The throw was the outside, and he was on the inside. Threw it right to 90, I think it was 96. Yeah, I'll be, I'll be curious, Evan, right out of the gate, you know, what that kind of sub package looks like. And yeah. I think we'll get, obviously, Judon and Barmore are, are there, but I don't, I don't know if I even really expected Jennings to, to, to push that I, for yeah, that kind I, of a I've role. been a little surprised by Jennings, too, and I think that you guys are right about him being a positive um, impact so far. Um, quick observation for you guys. I, maybe you guys don't find it as interesting as I do. Ramondre Stevenson out there right now as the back in this two-minute to me is somewhat significant. You know, the, mostly kind of backups and secondary players uh, involved here. I think they're really trying to expand Stevenson's role. Yeah. And they, getting him more yeah. and more uh, incorporated into the passing game. Yeah, I mean, we talked about it a bunch on, on the show over the last couple of weeks, the predictability that they have with certain backs in the lineup. I think the stats last year said that they were run almost 65% of the time with Damian Harris on the field and then when they're not run it's play action right so yeah. it's it's one sort of type of offense it's under center it's run and then it's a hard play action off of the running game to have somebody out there that can do everything I, it just makes you a lot less predictable and, and I think Ramondre is the guy that could potentially do that and, and could be a three down player could be an all-purpose player versus just being typecast into that lead back role and I think everything you just laid out too Feeds in a little bit of Fred's big point that he always likes to bring up of that, you know, the Patriots offense being easy to defend. And I mean, I just you don't really have to look farther than that as, as a, at least one little part of it that it was pretty clear when certain personnel was on the field what they were going to do. And yeah. I'd include the fullback in that kind of conversation as well. Um, you know, maybe they're able to be a little bit more versatile between, you know, going between two tight ends and, and, and three receivers. And I just think Stevenson's a more explosive player. And I think the more opportunities you can get the ball in his hands, you yep. should you should be interested in that. Plus, he's tough in space. I mean, those little swing passes to him, you know, and just make the he's linebacker get it in space and, and, and try to wrap and tackle him. I mean, it's it's no easy task. Certainly different than, than the challenge that McCaffrey presents, but... Oh yeah, I thought Bailey. Nixon was going to stay on the sideline there. Yeah, a little miscommunication there. Bailey trying to hit. What else we got? Lil' Jordan out there. Man, Lil' Jordan's getting a lot of run. I think, I think Lil' Jordan ends up on the practice squad. Give me one of those veteran practice I mean, squad guys. I'm telling you, like, what, what? He's had a better camp, and he played better in the preseason game than than Sokol and Asiasi. And Asiasi wasn't even in the preseason game, right? So, and I agree with you. And I think today Asiasi's been involved in some plays that haven't looked great. Yeah, uh, I mean, the interception was—I yeah. don't know whose fault it was, but it was a clear miscommunication, and right. he's involved right in the middle of it. Oh, he's wide open on yeah. that one. They're going deep, though. They want to push it a little Jordan, and they miss yeah. in the end zone. Good coverage. These seam runs by a little Jordan and being kind of like a detached Y. I mean, it's, yeah. if that's the way that they have to go, it, I, I almost think it could be more productive than putting Asi Asi out there if, if Henry gets hurt or if John is Right. Hurt. I mean, he gives you a little bit more. I mean, he might not be the, the blocker of, of a, a traditional tight end, but yeah. at least he gives you a little bit of length. And then at that point, you're just spread, right? I mean, you're yeah. just not an under-center team probably <laughs> really very You're trying to back them into that, aren't you? You're trying to, like, shoehorn them in. Oh, well, I mean, well, look what happened. Don't I mean, ever take a snap again. <laughs> we're spread offense. Oh, my gosh. Snap it. Look snap at us. It. <laughs> That's all I want. I just want them to look like yeah, Alabama. Right? Is that too much to ask yeah. for? Oh, uh, well, yeah, personnel-wise. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It's my boy Stevenson. Yeah, Stevenson caught one on his shoestrings, and uh, Zappy's got him 
Yeah, and it was, you know, it's been a little up and down here with, with this. Couple couple nice throws, couple miscommunications, obviously the interception as well. So I think this will be the last play. Uh, I'm not positive on that, but Carolina sure looks like they want it to be. They're all kind of creeping slowly yeah. over the sideline. How long are we going here? To be a to be fair to the Panthers, they've they were more better. than they were better today. I think yeah. they might have been a little bit better. It was yep. it was pretty even. I wouldn't say it was like no, demonstrably I mean, I, better. I mean, Carolina was better, better today than, than, than they, they were yesterday. Oh, yeah, yeah. not even close. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, not not that they were better than the Patriots. I think it was much more even today. Yeah. I, I would agree with you. Which is what you want. You want both teams to make some plays and, you know, yeah. go back and forth a little bit. Deuce, you want to describe the play that just happened? I think they call that a, what is that, a fade run? <laughs> <laughs> Tried to toss one up there, back shoulder to uh, Trey Nixon. I don't know. I don't know about that one. I mean, I'm all for it with Parker and, and Thornton. Yeah, I was a little bit, even with Aguilar. I mean, Aguilar is not short, but I think we're getting a little little nuts now. We're getting down to, like, Trey Nixon trying to trying to hit him in the back corner. Like they're going to give him one more here. Maybe they didn't count the spike. <laughs> these are the, the guys that are out there now, though, are some of these guys that, you know, Trey Nixon and – yeah, these are players that, that yeah. popped early in camp that maybe had some moments. That little, plat made, little plateau action. Yeah, but now this is the part of camp where it gets gets dicey for those types of guys. Oh, he was open that time. Uh, uh, Stevenson was wide open, too. I couldn't tell where he was throwing that. But knocked down. And I think that's going to do it. Looks like everybody's starting to wander. Yeah. It's been a long two days. It has. It's been a long few weeks, but it's been fun. We've got to watch a lot of football. So I guess we'll start to wrap up our, uh, our training camp cast here from Gillette Stadium, brought to you by Optum. Uh, it was a great time. Thank you for everyone who uh, you know, emailed in and called in. Uh, we will be out at joint practices next week in Vegas. So we'll have some more audio content for you during those, uh, after those practices. Probably not live, but... Until then, turn in, tune in tomorrow, Thursday, for Patriots Unfiltered, usual time, 12 to 2. Uh, we'll be there to recap everything that happened in camp. And, of course, Patriots game Friday night against these Panthers. We'll see how it goes. So for Evan Lazar, Paul Perillo, this is Mike Dussault signing off for the last time from this training camp practice. Thank you for downloading this podcast. Subscribe on Apple, Google Play, and everywhere else you listen. Like the show? Please rate and review us. Listener comments and ratings help keep us high in the podcast rankings so new listeners can find us. Be sure to check Patriots.com for more news and more podcasts.